0: What's up, Buffalo Fanatics? Josh Allen here. Just wanted to say, uh, go Bills! Yo, what is up, Buffalo Fanatics? Z Bot here with you. Live Buffalo Fanatics YouTube channel. Monday night smoke break powered. By BetUS, where the game begins, receive a 125% sign-up bonus. In the link in the description below, we are broadcasting live from Spain without the S, as we typically do this time of year. I believe this is now the fourth annual season-ending therapy session here on the Smoke Break, the third season-ending therapy session on the Smoke Break. Sponsored by the Kansas City Chiefs. And tonight's might be, I mean, where do you even begin to rank them? Obviously, the 13 seconds will never be trumped, I don't believe. But this certainly is up there for different reasons, of course. Feels a bit different. But ultimately, uh, the the impact it has on you is still the same. Um, But the Bills season comes to an end yesterday in Orchard Park under the lights. In the divisional round of the playoffs, as the Buffalo Bills fall for the third time in the playoffs to the Kansas City Chiefs, 27 24, third consecutive exit for these Buffalo Bills in the divisional playoffs. Three out of the last four years, an exit by the hands of the Kansas City Chiefs. And this time around, the stage was set up where everything the Bills could have wanted in past matchups was on the table. Game was at home. Bills were in my opinion playing better football than they had been playing at any point last year coming into the playoffs. Hobbled up Chiefs team offensively not nearly what
1: <laughs> I mean.
0: Not nearly what you thought they were, right sure. Not what you thought they were during the Reign of this utter dominance we are watching unfold. We thought they had taken a step back this season, and it was fair to say they certainly had, and I wasn't the only one to share that opinion. It was obvious amongst anybody who had watched them all year long. You're thinking you might be getting them in a vulnerable spot. They haven't been able to put up points like they usually uh, were doing in the past. They haven't been able to move the ball as well, shooting themselves in the foot a bit more than we were um, used to with this team. And then, of course, the Bills finally have a run game. They're coming in hot. We know what Josh Allen can be in the playoffs. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter whether you play a shootout that goes into the 40s and overtime. Doesn't matter if you run the ball all game long and possess it for two-thirds of the football game. Can't beat him. Doesn't matter what you do, how you do it, who you're doing it with, who you're doing it against, where you're doing it. Can't do it. And we sit here today with the same fate that we, we've we sat here with on four consecutive Mondays, uh, or excuse me, four uh, Mondays at this time of the year, four years in a row, um, feeling just about the same way. And it's funny how you, you feel even worse when it's uh, moments like this. Last year, you, you felt sick just at the fact they didn't show up, but your heart wasn't ripped apart because that game never really got off the ground. The bills lost that game in the locker room against the Bengals last year, but we know what it feels like to have your heart ripped out and shown to Nia. And, uh, that happened the last time the bills played these chiefs when it mattered most. And it certainly happened again last night in different ways, a bit more anticlimactic. I'd say it's obviously not the same feeling when you have, uh, the lead with 13 seconds left after one of the greatest shootouts we've ever seen and and then you, all of a sudden you, you you lose there's a a much more volatile emotional reaction to a situation like that last night you had you had a bit of time i would say to start to come to terms with the fact that this game wasn't going to go their way uh so uh, brace yourself strap in god knows how long we'll be here tonight we could go for uh, forever who knows we're just going to let it rip in the comments sections. Feel free to get your, your vent in, right? Get your venting uh, session in on your own uh, amongst each other in the comments. If you, if you'd like, say what you feel. I'll be reading comments all throughout the night. If you, uh, if you want to get in on the conversation, of course, let me know what your overall takeaway from the game yesterday, from the season, what the bills might do here, moving forward. Throw out a super chat. I'll read them all. We'll get into it. We won't leave a, st- a stone unturned tonight. Plenty to talk about, of course, from that game, and we will get into all of it. Unfortunately, these are the uh, for whatever reason these episodes every year are always my they're they're my favorite in a weird way. Not because we have to sit here and do them, but because we get to sit here and do them together. Uh, so that's why I like to leave the platform open for everybody to be able to come on. And let me know what they're thinking, and I'll certainly let you know what I'm thinking. But in a weird way, these episodes always make me feel a bit better. I was talking to Caroline earlier on the phone. She's like, how are you feeling? I said, I'm going to feel better after tonight, after I sit down and talk about it. I haven't really talked about it yet today. Went to the game, of course, with my dad. Drove back to Connecticut from Buffalo today, so that was a long drive of just sitting there with my thoughts, listening to what others had to say, of course, trying to get a pulse on what the overall Reed was from that game, and it's exactly what I thought it would be, and that's um, you know, what we all thought it would be, and that's chiefs are they never went anywhere, good as ever, no matter no matter what the deal is. Kelsey's washed, right? Mahomes doesn't ha- have it anymore. Andy Reed is he going to retire? I mean, give me a break. Here they are. sixth consecutive AFC champion. So not only do you have to listen about you know about all of that right, and, and can continue to, to watch this unprecedented dynasty unfold, but then you have to be reiterated time and time again. It has to be reiterated to you what these bills are, what you know that they are, and, um, and, you know. So that's where I've been the last 24 hours or so, and, you know, we get to sit down and talk about it together tonight, and hopefully we all feel better afterwards. Who the hell knows?
1: I don't know. I know I probably will, but. Oh, so here we are. Once again, welcome in. Smoke
0: break after a season-ending loss. It's a tradition unlike any other.
1: Feels a bit different this time for a variety of different reasons. Some, I would argue, almost a bit better.
0: Just because it wasn't as gut-wrenching as the last time the Bills faced these guys in the playoffs. But the majority of it does feel worse. I've been seeing it get tossed out around social media that... This wasn't as bad. No, the way the loss went down wasn't nearly as bad because of the reasons I just spoke about. You weren't on this volatile emotional roller coaster where within the span of 20 minutes, you certainly had that game won. And it wasn't like you just felt like you had it won. There wasn't a soul on the planet other than Mahomes, Andy Reid, and, and Travis Kelsey who didn't think with 13 seconds left in the ballgame, the Buffalo Bills had that game won. So, You were as sure as you were ever going to be that the Buffalo Bills were moving on, had their best chance to go and and do what what still feels like to this day, uh, an impossible task. And um, obviously that doesn't come to fruition. Last night, it just felt like the writing was on the wall as soon as the second half opened up. And it's funny how things did somehow find a way to bounce the Bills direction in order to make it go down to the final play. And we talked about this last week. I pretty much, I pretty much uh, pegged this game down to a T. Of just, of course, had the wrong team winning, but I said it would be uh, lower scoring. And I, I, I would argue that that game wound up being higher scoring than I even I thought. I had 23-20, but I didn't think either team would crack thirty. I thought it was going to come down to the last minute, no matter what. I thought it was going to be. In, entirely close throughout never thought there was a chance of a blowout here I also said that I guarantee you there's at least one or two plays in this game that are either insane or insanely controversial and we will be talking about them the next day whether good better and different that of course happened yesterday as well you could probably argue there was mm, at least three major plays that are worthy of conversation I'd even go beyond that just about the amazing plays as well that you could tack on. It'll get forgotten because it really ultimately doesn't matter this morning or this evening or whatever the hell time it is. But I knew there would be some play that would stick out, and you could argue there's at least three. And two of them, obviously, not in favor of Buffalo. One was, and it was ultimately the reason why this game ended up coming down to a wide right field goal. Everything pretty much went the way I expected it to except the Kansas city chiefs flipping a switch. I had said that I looked at this chiefs team throughout the duration of the year. And I had felt that if there was a switch to flip, they would have flipped it by now. If you're going to go into your home stadium on Christmas day in front of the largest audience that weekend in the NFL, as far as ratings were concerned and lay an absolute egg, against your division rival that you've dominated since Mahomes has entered the league. You're going to allow Aiden O'Connell to go 9-21 for less than 70 yards and lose at home in front of that audience on that stage. That is, what, three, four weeks ago now? So at that point, we were, what, week 16, week 17? The Chiefs had shown week in and week out throughout the year pretty much their identity. They were susceptible to a loss any given week, but great teams do find a way the majority of the time, and they had found a way enough to get themselves to an 11 and 6 record and a three seed. But by their standard, certainly was not what we were accustomed to. And because of that, we felt as though they were vulnerable, and understandably so. They were shooting themselves in the foot time and time again. They did it against the Bills when they squared off sides, of course, allowing the Bills. To take that game in Arrowhead. The dropped ball against the Philadelphia Eagles. A variety of uncharacteristic moments for these Chiefs throughout the year that had you thinking that they were stepping down a peg in this conference. And I had felt that if there was a switch to flip, how does Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes not flip it by now? How was it not flipped? Because you go. The duration of an entire football season without really showcasing your ability to turn that dial. I'm supposed to believe just because we're entering into the postseason that all of a sudden you uncover that dial and you're able to turn it to eleven. I didn't see it. Didn't think that it was there. But you still knew that Mahomes was special, of course. You still knew it was Andy Reid. You still knew it was the Chiefs. But if you remember what I had said, I equated it back to how I felt about the Patriots at the end of the dynasty where it felt like the New England Patriots still had that imposing um, projection that they gave to their opponent just based on simply being the New England Patriots. But Brady was gone. They no longer were those Patriots, but you couldn't shake the idea of the fact that they were no longer dominant. The reason I had compared it to that is because it felt like we were waiting for the Chiefs to just turn the dial because it's the Chiefs, right? It's Mahomes, it's Andy Reid. How can they not be
1: great? How can they not have a switch to flip and all of a sudden be incredible, right? But they had never done it all year long. It just felt like they did not have it.
0: And even last week against the Miami Dolphins, they win by 19, suffocate the Miami offense. Score 26. But you look at that game, you knew Miami never had a shot in that game. You knew the weather played a big factor in the outcome of that game as far as, you know, how lopsided it was. You knew that the Chiefs were unarguably the better team. You knew Miami's defense was ungodly banged up. And you knew their offense was not going to be able to score in those elements. So you took it with a grain of salt, the fact that they won by 19 and looked pretty damn dominant all game long. And even when they were moving the ball on the Chiefs, they settled for four field goals in that game well into uh, Miami territory. The majority of them down right near the red zone or beyond. So you come into this one and you're thinking, this is as susceptible to a loss in this spot as
1: Mahomes uh, and, and the Kansas City Chiefs are going to be. And you have them at home.
0: You've been playing your best football of the year. The last month and a half, you've been on an absolute heater, backed into a corner playing playoff football for seven weeks, overcoming each and every obstacle set in front of you. It felt like the time. It had to be the time. This was the time to do it.
1: Because if it wasn't going to happen yesterday, when is it going to happen? Because you had this
0: Chiefs team that felt like they were a bit down comparatively to what we expect you felt like the bills had destiny on their side erasing a three game deficit in the afc east to win the afc east a 0.1 percent chance at a two seed somehow by the grace of god get that a near impossible task six and six at one point you fire your offensive coordinator An article comes out about your coach, the team rallies around it. It felt like everything was going the Bills' way. It was destiny. It felt different. And the fools that we are, of course, buy into it every time, expecting different, and of course, the outcome never is. the same story every year, just with a new twist. It's like what they do nowadays in Hollywood with all of these movies that, that are previously made. They go back, they take a look at what was made, and they rehash them. New act, you know, new actors, right? You no, know, a little bit of a script uh switch here and there, but ultimately it's the same storyline. It's the same ending. And that's what this was. It was a hell of a story. It certainly was. This team was as down and out as they've been under Josh Allen during this window. That they've been in. Like I said, six and six, damn near eliminated from the playoffs, much less winning the AFC East, much less having a top two seed. It was over until it wasn't. And all of a sudden, that team that looked like they were dead in the water might be the hottest team in the league. It was destiny, folks. It was different. Last year, they hobbled into the playoffs. Yes, they were 13 and three. Do they ever feel like a 13 and three team to you? No. And what did they look like in the divisional round? Certainly not a
1: 13-3 and team. This year felt different for all the right reasons. And it didn't matter.
0: Everything you could have wanted in the past matchups against the Chiefs, you had. All of these odd little entities, these weird little storylines that somehow seemed like the Bills had fate on their side this year. Same shit.
1: Because no
0: no matter whether you backed into the playoffs like you did last year where it felt like you really did not have any momentum going into it, whether you play the game of your life, perhaps the greatest game in NFL playoff history a couple years ago, whether you go into it this year on an absolute heater, down and out, you somehow pull it off, you surprise everybody, all of a sudden you're one of the best in the league. It does not matter what the story is. Good, bad, somewhere in the middle, the end is always the same. It's me sitting here, you on the other side, and I'm sitting here telling you what you already know. And that's same shit just happened. We look forward to next year where inevitably the same shit will probably happen again. Except in the future coming up here, you know, the foreseeable future here. And this is why this one hurts just that much more. I don't know how it gets any better for these guys than what it just was. I don't
1: know. I don't know how it gets any better than the opportunities that they've had in the past. Maybe it does. Can't guarantee it. Certainly can't count on it. And the way that things look. With the amount of
0: veterans that this team is poised to lose, the guys they're going to have to give up on because of the salary cap situation, Josh Allen's money kicking in, not to mention the fact that Joe Burrow's coming back, C.J. Stroud's taking another step. You don't think the Kansas City Chiefs are going to address this wide receiver room in
1: their offense at some point in this draft, this coming up draft year, right? Aaron Rodgers back with the Jets. You ain't guaranteed to get back here. And they've gotten back here three consecutive years
0: and have come up well short every single time. And the one time they got beyond this obstacle, well, they just got their absolute ass handed to them. And the unfortunate reality is you sit here today and you look at what the outcome of having one of the greatest quarterbacks of this generation has been when you go back and look at what you have to show for it. It's a two-touchdown drubbing an arrowhead in the AFC championship. Today, Jared Goff with the Detroit Lions, a team that was 0-16 a blink of an eye ago, has as many conference title appearances as the Buffalo Bills do with Josh Allen. And now you look around the landscape of what the AFC has become, and you're looking at what the Bills could have been, should have been, How they haven't been, no one knows. But look at what's happened. Josh Allen the Buffalo Bills have been in the Super Bowl window for a while now. And what they have to showcase for it is one AFC championship appearance got their ass handed to them. And I'm looking at all these other teams with the guys, right? The guys that we all talk about and we all argue who's better, who's better. And that's Lamar, Josh Allen, Mahomes, and Joe Burrow. Every single one of those guys has more to show for their career thus far than what Josh Allen has to show in Buffalo, and it ain't on the fall of Josh Allen. Lamar, two MVPs. It now has the same amount of conference uh, title appearances as Josh Allen does. Mahomes, do I have two hours to tell you all the accolades he has under his belt? And, of course, Joe Burrow has
1: gotten to a Super Bowl, multiple AFC championship appearances. But an utter failure. For that man at quarterback. And last night was no different.
0: You think you got all the time in the world with that guy in the backfield until you don't. And everybody always thinks you're going to be back. You're going to be back. You know, I anticipate them continuing to make the playoffs with Josh Allen. I certainly do. I don't know if I anticipate having the setup be as good as it was. This year, do I anticipate the setup, including a Joe Burrowless Cincinnati Bengals team, a Kansas City Chiefs team that was vulnerable enough to not have a home playoff game for the first time in Mahomes' career, have to go to your building, a Kansas City Chiefs team that did 100% look beatable all throughout the year. Do I anticipate all of these things happening and lining up again for the Bills? You probably say, oh, well, about the injuries bot right on defense? Oh, I I understand that wholeheartedly, but do we anticipate that all of a sudden they're just going to be completely healthy at this point next year? Do we anticipate the offense is going to be as healthy as it was? Because there wasn't an injury on offense outside of Gabe Davis. The amount of luck we've had on the offensive side of the ball with injuries, the amount of luck we've had with Josh Allen, who really hasn't missed a game since he's become a Buffalo Bill, him and Patrick Mahomes lead the league right now for consecutive
1: starts without missing a game. How lucky we've been. None of it's been capitalized on. The Kansas City Chiefs own this organization. And it's not in the way that you would think. It's not as if they
0: are infinitely more dominant than the Buffalo Bills. It's not even that they're infinitely more talented. And you know that to be true because these teams have faced off against each other now 7 times and they're 3 and 4. That's a rivalry. That is a good I mean what other way to say it? That that is as good of a rivalry as you can get. When you never know what's going to happen, the games are always close and when you look at the win-loss total for each side, it's pretty much right down the middle. Right? You know, the Bills are talented enough To beat them, you know they have the capability to beat them. They're three
1: and one against them in Arrowhead, right? In the regular season, they're three and one against them. Keywords are in the regular season. And that is ultimately the biggest difference between the Kansas City Chiefs
0: and the Buffalo Bills. Frankly, it's really the biggest difference between the Kansas City Chiefs and the rest of the NFL. The Kansas City Chiefs have the ability almost at will to generate the one or two additional plays that you can't. And that, folks, is always the difference in games like these. And they
1: do it every single time. And the Bills fail to do it every single time. And that's what makes it so frustrating, because it's not as if you're watching
0: these guys get their ass kicked and you're just thinking to yourself, we're never going to be able to overcome that talent. That's not what it is. And that's what makes it so frustrating because when you look at all the things you see online today and you hear uh, in the media and stuff, it's all, You know, the Bills got to fire Sean McDermott and they got to do this. With, they they got to. I'm hearing people wanting to get rid of Josh Allen. I mean, the, the dumbest shit you've ever heard in your life, right? It had nothing to do with any of that. Everybody today's got the big old solution blow it up, right? Blow it up. Get rid of the coach. We got we to gotta, we gotta draft more weapons. And we got. Okay. I, I get all that. I get all that. Sure. But was that the difference last night? Was that the difference in the 13-second game, the weapons? Or last night, was that the ultimate difference for the loss, the inability to have an extra guy out there that you drafted?
1: Maybe. Maybe. Or was the difference that the guy on the Chiefs, maybe, Marquez uh, Valdez-Scantling, who hasn't
0: done anything all year for this team, but a liability for this team all year, makes the catch of the playoffs. Well, the Bills' number one ride, ride receiver. Easily top 10 wide receiver in this league. House no name by anybody who watches the NFL, right? He drops the pass of the year. These are the differences. These are the differences. It's not fire the coach and bring in another one. It's not we got to we gotta make a big move this offseason. It's not that. It's the nuances. And the Bills are not good enough. And the Chiefs are the best I've ever seen at it. There's so many things involved here, and it's, and it's almost going back to the old age. The Bills are just cursed because you look at what this is, okay? The Bills, while I grew up, Tom Brady, 33-3 and three against these Buffalo Bills. Yeah, it totally sucked. It totally blew. They owned that ass for two decades, but it was a little less devastating because the Bills weren't any good during that entire period. It wasn't like the bills were going toe to toe with the Patriots for the division and getting bounced out by them in the playoffs. No, the bills were sitting at the cellar of the division staring up and it didn't really matter. You just looked at that as two additional bye weeks for the Patriots every year, right? That's all it was. You never looked at that like, Oh, if we beat the Patriots this year, we got a chance. It wasn't that, it wasn't that at all, but you still had to endure it. And then finally, Finally. Oh, my God. The Bills have a quarterback. They got a team. This is unbelievable. The drought is over. And not only is the drought over, here's the beginning of the new era, the new Bills, the team that's going to do it. And what happens? The baton gets passed from the greatest dynasty we've ever seen in sports to Kansas City, who's in pursuit of making that look like a fairy tale. Making that look like a children's bedtime story, what they're doing right now. It took Tom Brady 12 years to get to six AFC championships. Mahomes did it in six. And this time, the difference is the Bills are on the losing end in the biggest moments. They're not sitting at home during the regular season saying, man, this Mahomes guy is something. They're the guy in the middle of it making you say that guy is something. That's the sickest part about it. As soon as this team gets good, we might be watching the greatest. The greatest run maybe ever. It's going to take some time to surpass New England. But has anybody ever been on a better start than this ever? The guy has started for six seasons and he has made the AFC championship all six. It is insane. It is insane. I've never seen anything like it in my life. The guy's never lost a divisional game. The guy's never not been to the AFC championship. And in their worst season, quote unquote, that they've had underneath of them,
1: it trumps the best season the Bills had with Josh Allen by a long shot. I mean, what are the odds? I my dad yesterday when we were driving home just trying to find
0: something to make yourself feel better. And it was like, you know, if this team was in the NFC, I, we were talking. If this team was in the NFC, how many conference championships at the minimum would the Bills have made by now? Or at least would they have made one Super Bowl? I would think so. But here, here it is. You know, here it is again. These guys. It's these guys. It's the Chiefs. And you've done everything in your power to get over them. And you can't, no matter the game style, no matter what you do. And we'll get into the game specifics. We'll get into whatever. You know how these go at the end of the year. I'm I'm just, whatever comes to my mind, man, that's where I'm at. The season's over. I don't give a damn, right? It's just a collection. Let it rip. And I'm thinking to myself, what's the difference if these guys are in the other conference? Because I'm watching,
1: you know, I'm watching Baker Mayfield, Jared Goff, Brock Purdy, right? Battle it out, the the reign of the NFC. And in the AFC, I mean, it's murderer's row. And it doesn't matter because Mahomes is going to slay the dragon every single time. It's unprecedented. Not only are they doing it
0: in an unbelievable, on an unbelievable clip, they're doing it against the best of the best as well. And it doesn't matter if it's on the road or at home or if they're a favorite or an underdog or who's hurt or who's not, who they're playing. It doesn't matter. I've never seen anything like it. <clears throat> and then and then afterwards, you just saw the video, I'm sure, of Mahomes saying, uh, you know, they asked for it. They got it. I mean, these guys are dancing on everybody's damn graves. It's got to be the greatest feeling in the fucking world to be a Kansas City Chiefs fan. I can't even fathom what that must feel like. This is insane what we're watching. Dan Mitchell coined this Bills year as the greatest story ever told. You want to know what the greatest story ever told is right now? It's these Kansas City Chiefs and what they're doing, because I've never seen anything like it. And the unfortunate reality is multiple chapters in that greatest story ever told feature the Bills as the antagonist, and they lose every
1: single time by the time that chapter comes to an end. They might win the battle. They certainly don't win the war. And it doesn't matter how you do it. Like I said, a shootout
0: of the ages, a game that goes well into the near the 80 point total, right? Doesn't matter. You go to overtime, you still lose. You get your ass kicked the first time. And then last night, you dominate the time of possession. You run it down their throat. You literally could not have executed your game plan pretty, really any better up until the end, of course. It doesn't, doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. And then it leaves you to believe, and it's back to what we were talking about going into this game. If it didn't work last night, when's it going to work? They've done everything. They've even gone as far as to sell out for their defensive line to try and stop Mahomes. How did that pan out? You go and get Von Miller just to stop Mahomes. Go look at Von Miller's stat line for the year. I mean, holy shit! And yesterday, not even beyond Von Miller. I mean, who the hell even cares at this point? That's well, that's done and over. Yesterday, you don't even get a pressure on the guy. Ed Oliver, he's been as dominant as anybody this year on the defensive line. It's the first game in two seasons he did not get a pressure on the quarterback. They hit him eight times the last time they played. They didn't get to him. They didn't, they didn't sniff the guy. He could have sat back there all night long and did whatever he wanted, and that's exactly what he did. And when he wasn't doing that, they were running it for 10 yards a carry. It was incredible. And I understand the defense is banged up, but I get it, not on the defensive line. That's who had to come up. The Bills have been doing everything in their power to stack up that D-line so they could beat the Chiefs. And it was, it was the weakest unit on the field last night. So it doesn't matter what they've done, what they do, what the game
1: plan is, where they're playing it. What, what does it matter? What does it matter? Yeah. <sighs> You know we get on Miami Dolphins fans a lot. We like to have fun with
0: them, right? Josh Allen, what is he? Eleven and one in his last twelve against them, something like that. This is what that's got to feel like on an infinitely higher level. Yeah, the Bills own the Dolphins in the regular season, win the uh, win the AFC East and, and whatever else. That's all great. And don't get me wrong, I, I don't like to discount that. The four consecutive AFCs titles, I love all that way more than I ever had growing up. But we know that this. This ain't what this team's after. It's not what we're after. And it's not what they've built themselves up to go after. But in pursuit of what, you know, what they've been doing, they've dominated and owned the Miami Dolphins. And it's felt pretty great for us, right? As Bills fans, we go online and we see the Dolphins fans pitch and we get a big kick out of it and we love it and whatever. That's how the the, the Chiefs feel about us.
1: In infinitely bigger moments that mean everything. And we know what it, what it feels like to kind of own A decent team. Imagine how those guys feel. Three times, three times on the biggest stage. Three different
0: types of games. And now you have an example in both locations different types of weather, different types of personnel without Tyreek Hill, right? With, without him. The best Chiefs team, the worst Chiefs team, a better defense, a weaker defense. Air attack, run game, dominate time
1: possession, equal time. It doesn't matter. It, it doesn't matter. I mean, I just, I, I can't get over how
0: it, it it is sort of hilarious. Just as soon as the Bills become one of the better teams in the league, haven't had that in 25 years, they have to, that has to, be in the middle of whatever this is. I don't know what this is for the Chiefs. It's not Patriots yet because it hasn't had the time to be that. But you cannot get off to a better start. I've never seen anything like this. The guy, Patrick Mahomes, has been a starter in this league for six years. He has gone to the A. I can't, every time I say this, I can't even, I can't believe it. Every time I hear it, every time I read it, every time I say it, six AFC championship games in six years of starting. Three Super Bowl appearances, two Super Bowl victories, two MVPs
1: in in the same amount of time that Josh Allen has started in this league, same amount of seasons. And the thing that's crazy is you
0: watch these games and the Bills aren't really any worse than that team at all. On any given Sunday, Josh Allen's really not any worse than Patrick Mahomes. And we have the argument all the time because there's some weekends where Josh Allen looks better. And last night, it's not like there's this big dip. If anything, you're watching it, and you're saying, oh, my God, Josh Allen's the one out having to do everything in his power tonight. You know, Mahomes, he's got wide open guys all over the field and their run game's going off. And yet, that's the difference. Even though you're watching the games, and if you really watch the NFL, you know that the, the gap between those two teams from a talent perspective and a competitiveness perspective, it really isn't it, – it, it's marginal. But the gap between what it has resulted in from either organization, it's it's wider than the Grand Canyon. It's beyond any measurable metric. And that is the most unfathomable thing. And three of the times for these Chiefs where they've gone on and gone the distance, it's been at the Buffalo Bills' expense. Three of the six consecutive seasons for these Chiefs where they move on to the AFC uh, championship or beyond, it's been at the expense of the Buffalo Bills. Despite the fact that I really don't think that the talent gap is all that crazy, nor do I think what they provide out on the field on any given Sunday is all that different. The The chiefs have an it. I, there's no way to describe an it factor. I don't know how to describe it, but an it factor to me is a team that just has this un undescribable feeling to them, this vibe that they impose. That's why yesterday, it's the biggest game in forever in Buffalo. That's why everybody wanted to be there. That's why I wanted to be there. That's why that crowd was as loud as I've ever heard it. It's because it is the Chiefs. There's an aura there. It's The, the, the Patriots had that aura. When the Patriots were coming to town, it's, oh, my God, the Patriots and Tom Brady are coming to town. That's really what this is. I can't describe it because you can't describe the ability to win like this, the way that they've done. I, I, I really can't find the accurate words. I don't know if there really are any. And that's really the difference between them and everybody else. They usually win close, right? The Super Bowls they've won the two that they've won both very, very close right down to the end of the game, getting to the AFC championships right down to the end of the game. I mean, even the two AFC championships, they lost. Were n't they both in overtime? So it, it 's truly something else, and it 's something I, I cannot describe. But it 's something the Bills certainly do not have. It 's it 's this this ability to just do it to 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 do it. I can 't really find a way to describe it any any other way. The ability to just go in and do it, no matter what. They they do that. And you know it's not like it's just the Bills because nobody else can do it. No one else has done it except for a one-off for the Tampa Bay Bucks with Tom Brady, where they just went on the run of the lifetime and beat the hell out of them in the Super Bowl. Nobody else has done it. Couple of victories for the
1: for the uh, the the Bengals give them credit, but they didn't capitalize on it. So, let's just get into it, I guess. they they, they <laughs> You go into that game,
0: and you know what, hold on, let's just, I haven't even looked at the comments, let's just see where we're at, let's get to some super, super Chats first, I guess, we'll start here, we'll start with some Super Chats, just general chat, and then we'll get into the game itself, there's so much to talk about when it comes to the game itself. Start from the top, the B- PVC farm. Did we overachieve or disappoint? Well, we certainly didn't overachieve. We overachieved in the sense that we overachieved the idea that we had in our minds a month and a half ago, and that was, wow, we're not even making the playoffs. So from that perspective, sure, we overachieved. But is that really overachieving when this team is expected to be in contention for a Super Bowl, not in, uh, in contention for a wild card spot? or a a, a barely sneaking into the playoffs. Of course, it's a disappointment. It's a massive disappointment.
1: It's as big of a disappointment as we've had up until now. Because this is what you were asking for. The Chiefs in your
0: house, under your terms, they did not look like the Chiefs of old, and the Bills looked like they had fate on their side, and nope, you can't do it, and you had the opportunities to do it. Wasn't like you got rolled. Wasn't like it wasn't your night. You had the opportunities and multiple of them, and even a couple of gifts that you shouldn't have had, and you still couldn't do it. We certainly did not overachieve. I understand why you're asking if we overachieved because this team was six and six at one at one point, and they were essentially dead. So from that perspective, sure, they overachieved in that in that given moment from what was expected at that moment. But did anybody go into this season expecting this team to be five hundred twelve 12 weeks into the year, begging for a spot in the wild, begging for a spot in the playoff? No. This this team is vastly underperformed, underachieved under Josh Allen. When you look at the, the the I mean, there's no other way to put it. Like I said earlier, look at the teams that they're constantly compared to, or the quarterbacks that they're constantly comparing Josh Allen to, right? Lamar,
1: Burrow, Mahomes. All three of them have more to show for it than what Josh Allen and his football club has to show for it. And yesterday was the opportunity. Maybe you go in
0: next week and get your doors blown off you by the, by the Ravens. Maybe. And the way that they're playing, maybe, I don't know if it would have shocked anybody. Because they've beaten the living shit out of everybody they played this year. Anybody worth a damn that the Ravens have played this year? It's not like they're doing it to the sub-500 teams. They're beating the piss out of the best teams in the league. So maybe the Bills go in to the bank next week against the Ravens get their ass kicked. But at least they got over the hump of the Chiefs. That would have meant something to this organization. It would have meant something to this franchise. It would have meant a hell of a lot to Seventeen, who has earned the right to beat that team one of these times in the postseason. Not much more that that guy can do. And he's got to go and take the podium and take the beating. He's got to take the media crucifying him all day, all week, all offseason, all next year until something changes. Go look at his numbers against the Chiefs and ask me what more you want that guy to do. When you look at the guy you have, and everybody who knows anything about this league knows that that man is a mutant, a one-of-one athlete that not many people would have ever expected to take over the league. When you go and look at that guy and understand that he is one of the best athletes to play the
1: position in the modern era, and you look at what they've got to show for it, GP, if I was sitting in the stands where Jason Kelsey jumped in, I would be in jail today. So, side story, we're walking into
0: the stadium, me and my dad, there's Jason Kelsey, just standing there, bumped right into him. My dad went up and gave him a high five, just standing there. Little did we know, three hours later, you know, he and Taylor Swift and the whole posse would be having the time of their life. And Like, I go back to what I was saying, however long ago. It must be nice. I mean, this whole thing—it's it, just a gigantic Mardi Gras for these guys. It's been like a six-year-long parade for these sons of bitches. It's unbelievable, and it just gets better and better and better, better. I mean, you're doing this. You're 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 doing you're doing. Everything any other franchise would be dreaming of, while at the same time, you got the most famous person in the world up in your suite going nuts with you, getting okay, all the, t- the television publicity and all the storylines. Y- you got your uh, you got Travis Kelsey's Hall of Fame brother in your building, in your stands, shirtless chugging beers and they're winning the game. I mean, it's it's got to be heaven on earth. I don't know what they sacrificed, what they gave up to have this. I've never seen anything like it. It's just it is it is a Disney motion picture playing out on display in front of the the, the entire world. The silver screen that encases the entire world. The chiefs are wrapped around the whole thing and everybody gets to sit back and either resent it or enjoy it if you happen to be a chiefs fan. I mean, it just must be, it must be, I I couldn't even imagine. I couldn't imagine. It must be, it must feel like Christmas Day every day. Every day. It's like, oh, first road game from Mahomes, look out. Oh, no, we'll just have our brother go in and be like the biggest story in the world because he took his shirt off and chugged a beer. We'll have Taylor Swift up in the Buffalo booth, and she's having the best time ever. I mean, Brittany Mahomes putting her in a headlock. They're goofing around. They're having the time of their life. Oh, and, oh, we can't win on the road? We can't beat the Bills in their place? They wanted it. We'll give it to them. I mean, it's unbelievable. No matter what you throw at them, the narrative doesn't matter. And they're just having their time of their life. Biggest celebrities in the world. Your, your brother, your brother uh, Hall of Famer going nuts. Everybody's taking pictures of him. He's the talk of the town. He's the toast of the town today. Oh, my God, I love Jason Kelsey. Love him. Love him. He's the best.
1: Of course you do. Who wouldn't? Who wouldn't love that? Unless you're a Bills fan, of course. Who wouldn't love all that? Because it's great. Who wouldn't love that? I mean,
0: who wouldn't love everything going amazing for you? I know. I would love that if it was happening to me. Of course it isn't. Probably never will. Certainly never will, actually. Probably.
1: What, what, what hope do I have anymore for any of that to ever happen to me? I mean, it must just be... Oh, my God. Incredible. Incredible. I like Jason Kelsey, by the way. Don't get it twisted. I'm just saying, this must be great. It must be great, oh oh my God, could you imagine, could you imagine, we just want one, we just want one, one, we just wanna, honestly, we just wanna get there, just wanna get there, I just wanna see it, I just wanna see it, you know, I wanna watch it once, that's it, that's it, I'm not even really asking to win. Honestly, God, I feel like I'd be asking for too much, you know? And you get to do it on, on the grand stage with the parade, the TMZ parade. I mean, just do whatever you want. Anywhere you go, you just take over. Oh, my God. It's, it is insanity. It is insanity. Darren. I know. Oh, <laughs> we'll get into this. I, I don't even know what to make of this, you know. With
0: Diggs. I don't know. I know Diggs is good, but it's a little heartbreaking when Alan always defends
1: him. But when Alan needs him, he disappears and is nowhere to be found. Yeah, you know. What happened to going to the podium after games like this? All these guys. What happened
0: to showing some accountability? What happened to going and putting on a brave face for your franchise, owning up to what just happened and trying to move past it? What happened to those days? Go back and watch the four falls of Buffalo when you got Scott Norwood cornered at his locker, taking all the questions after he just lost the Bills only real chance at a Super Bowl off of his right foot. And he sat there and took it. Now you just opt out? And I understand last week, Diggs opts out after the win. But why is that even? I, I don't understand that. And you it's a good point you make. Look, at, I, I'm not going to speak for the guy. But if it's me, if that's me, I'm not letting my quarterback and my kicker go out there and take all of it and my coach. Because everybody knows that I dropped one of the best passes of the postseason. Everybody knows that my numbers have been diminishing rapidly over the second half of the season. And the biggest opportunity I've had to make a big impact on a team that I've been hoping gets over the hump since I've gotten here, and I don't go and speak for
1: myself about it, I don't love it. I don't love it at all. Josh has got to go and sit out
0: there. The guy looks like he just saw a massacre. I mean, I can't even describe what he looks like and what he projects what his feelings are projecting onto me, that I'm seeing, being translated through his body language, and he's just got to go do it every time, even though that that man I, I mean the guy the guy was the bills yesterday. he was the bills. What else is new? And every time you try to get someone else to make a big play, nope. I mean, that was so big. That play was so big. That throw. Go back and look at that throw, and you ask me when the last time you've seen a throw that far, that
1: perfect. You bottle him up all game, right? I think he has less than 50 yards on
0: 19 targets the last two times he's played the Chiefs. You got an opportunity to break this game open right there. You're already in closer field goal range than you ended up being in, and you have the opportunity to go and score the touchdown. Momentum on your side right there. Meanwhile, like I said earlier, this is just the difference. It's not like this game's on Diggs. This game's not on any one particular individual, unlike everybody else who wants to tell you that it is. Oh, it's on Bass. It's on McDermott. It's on somehow, somehow on Josh Allen. I, I mean, holy shit, if you have that, if you have that uh, mindset. I mean, incredible, incredible that that thought process exists. It's not on any one individual person, but it's a collective unit, and and it's not treated as such. Everyone who plays a part in that game and anyone who's a superstar getting paid superstar money should have to answer questions after the biggest game of the year. That's how
1: I see it. I don't think it's too much to ask. So I agree with you. I, I, I think it's a shame. I think it's a shame. Allen
0: has stu- stood up for Diggs any chance he's gotten. And when Diggs talks to the media, he's very well-spoken and he's very honest, I think. and, he, and I just think he, he's, a, he's a good interview. I always have felt that. It's not a good look to me to dodge it. You go out and talk about it like everybody else has to and you move on. No one ever says anything of validity in these interviews anyways. Just go and wear your heart on your sleeve for five minutes. And 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 stand up for the for the, for the franchise, stand up for the for the error you had in the game
1: that everybody's going to be talking about today and have been talking about today. I agree with you, Darren. Hundred percent, hundred percent, man.
0: Now, as a saying from Jay May's, think it's time to become a Giants fan. Yeah, well, just when you thought it couldn't be worse, I could go down that road. At least I have the opportunity to get my heart ripped out of my 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 chest cavity. You know, at least I have the opportunity to get there now, right? Although at this point, you wonder if it would
1: even be better just not even, not even having to get to the point and deal with it. Rich coming in. Diggs spent all year ripping the team for
0: not being ready and making plays, then does that shit. No, man, unacceptable, then avoids the media. Look it, we 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 talked about this all offseason. We don't know how much he was ripping the team. We don't know exactly what the the the, the deal is there. And I've defended Diggs at every turn because I thought that that story was blown well out of proportion, way out of proportion. So I know everybody's saying today, you know, Diggs is ripping the team. Diggs, now, listen, I, for a fact, I know this. He was a lot of cryptic tweets. And for whatever reason, he was uh, you know, a cornerstone of the media, um, conversation surrounding the bills and their potential downfall or whatever. Right. So that's all true. Now, whether, you know, he actually was doing things worthy of having that conversation. I never felt he was. So it's hard for me to sit here and say that he was doing that now. And all of a sudden he's got to go and repent for all those things. I don't even know if he did, but the one thing he did do, and we just talked about it that I, that I truly think is, um, It's just unacceptable, is avoiding the media after that game. I just think it's a bad look. There's nothing you can do at that podium that would look worse than not going to the podium at all. It's just the way I see it. I don't know how that's not readily apparent to everybody involved here. How does it not come across blatantly to you that not going to the podium is an infinitely worse look than just going there and just
1: manning up on it for five minutes? I mean, imagine the talking points today if Josh Allen doesn't go to the, the the presser yesterday. No one would ever stop talking about it. No one would ever stop talking about it. You know,
0: I haven't really thought all about this today because, frankly, it's like, I, you know, how much do I really give a shit that Stephon Diggs didn't go to the podium after that? After, like, you know, wow, okay, yeah. That's why I haven't really thought about it. But the more you do think about it, you know, as we're talking about it here, it it is not it's not good to me. I don't like it at all. No,
1: I don't. 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 don't. Because it has felt as
0: though he has he has given a vibe that maybe this team has let him down. And I, I think at times that that argument was probably probably valid. I mean, you go back to the 13 seconds game, you could definitely argue the defense certainly let down the Bills' offense in that game. I could probably argue that from last night. But it's a different circumstance with a depleted defense that r- really tried to hold serve as best as they could last night. I mean, for Christ's sake, that, that, that was, a, that was a, a cheese grater out there on defense just trying to hold serve, right? It would have been nice to have, to have your, one of your star players, one of your household names, go out and, and take some accountability after that game. I, I, I wholeheartedly agree. Haven't really thought about it, like I said, until now, but it's mainly because there's been about a
1: million other things I've been thinking about, and um, and this is just one more, I guess. <sighs> yeah, the more I think about it, the more I hate that. You got to go. You got to go up.
0: Especially in a game like that where you know the next day everybody's going to be talking about your play and everybody's going to be talking about
1: Bill's blow it again or whatever. You have a chance to go and get out ahead of that. I mean, man, he's a captain. He's a captain. Captains... This is what a captain moment is right there, I guess. Is there any other moment that defines a captain more than that moment where you go out and you wear it for your team at the at the podium? I don't know. Alton coming in. But realistically, should McDermott be on the hot
0: seat this upcoming season? Let's just let's just get into that real quick. Get it off your mind. I'm seeing it all day. I'm hearing it from everywhere. Just lose. and, and all, I'm, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not trying to get on you. You, just, you were the first to bring up McDermott. It's not you. And you just asked a question. You weren't giving any definitives. So I'm just saying, as a generality here, get it off your mind. It's not happening. They're not moving off McDermott. It's not happening. It's not happening. You can't have it both ways. The same guy that got this team from dead in the gutter, okay, to 7-1 and one and making it into yesterday. You can't praise him in that moment and then shit on him the second they lose by three points in the division. You can't have it both ways. Now, I know plenty of you wanted him fired all throughout the whole thing. All right, bravo, congrats. But, you know, and then the next guy will come in, you want him fired too when the Chiefs beat him again, right? That's the key. That's the key. You're asking a lot from these guys. This, this is what I think is so, so overlooked in this whole scenario. You are asking these guys to overcome what, we, what, what, we, what we'll look back to see, I guess. These guys got me all fucked up. We, we will look back at this Chiefs thing and, and just be like, this is un- I can't believe we, we, we witnessed this because that's what it is. It's generational. And we're judging and we're bashing McDermott putting his job on the line because he can't beat maybe the greatest team in the history of the sport when it's all said and done. And what I got, what I got on earlier is the same thing I'll get on right now. That guy has beaten Andy Reid three times. It's not like he's incapable of doing it. And last night, the Bills offense had a chance to beat them at the end, couldn't do it. And at the end of that 13-second game, the Bills had a chance to beat, beat him and couldn't do it. And I don't think that's all on Sean McDermott. I don't. This guy got them to where they were yesterday. I wonder if it wasn't for his ability to retool this defense, I don't even know if these guys make the playoffs to begin with. What he did with this defense this year with what he had I thought was extraordinary. It was extraordinary. And I don't know if there's anybody else who could have done what he did with that defense. I don't know. And it just felt like last night it was one too many one too many straws on the back of the camel with these injuries. It just what it felt like yesterday. You caught a Chiefs team that wasn't doing a whole hell of a lot of offensive.
1: Mm. Scared the shit out of me. I thought I thought the I thought the fucking house was getting shot up. Oh, every every week with this fucking thing. Holy shit! I thought I was getting shot at. I'm not even kidding. I don't know what that was a marching band. I mean, I thought I was done. thought I was dead. Almost welcoming at this point. Anyway. I don't, I don't
0: understand how we can watch yesterday and then the immediate answer, up. Oh, just fire McDermott. When we've been praising him for the last month and a half, getting him to where they're at. Now, look it. The reason I bring this up is because I don't think people understand if you just fire McDermott and bring in a new coach, does that mean, oh, wow, we beat the chiefs now? I don't think so. Nobody else is doing it. Nobody else is beating them. Who's beating these guys? Six consecutive AFC East championships, three Super Bowls out of those six years. It's not just McDermott. In fact, McDermott's given them the best crack outside of Cincinnati who for whatever reason has their number. I don't know if that's necessarily to the credit in Entirely of Zach Taylor. Maybe it is. I don't know.
1: But if anything, McDermott's giving these guys their best crack. They're not firing them. It's not happening. And I don't foresee it happening unless they, they, it's a towel spin next
0: year that they don't recover from like they did this year. I don't see it. I don't know how the – but to the the crowd that's firing McDermott after yesterday, I don't know how that's your takeaway from yesterday. I just – I don't know how I see that. Now, there was a couple of moments that were horrendous. The fake punt, I mean, holy shit, what the hell was that? I mean, what was that? Laughably stupid. Just so bad. And it didn't end up costing them. That's why we're not talking about it as much today. But that's really where the game should have ended. I mean, it really should have ended right there. Um, And you have the fumble out of bounds – rule that I cannot believe was overturned and it didn't end up being the dagger, but that moment was brutal. You understood the sentiment surrounding it because the bills defense couldn't stop shit. And we'll get into the whole game in a minute here. And I'll, and I'll get more into that, but you know, he was just trying to find a way to spark this team up. It was a terrible idea, terrible move, but it's not necessarily the reason they lost. And it's not necessarily the reason why Um, you, you, you look today and say, Oh, you got to fire McDermott. They were getting gassed so bad on defense. He got to the point where you literally had to hand the ball to Demar Hamlin on a, on a kickoff in the minds of that, that, that sideline. Um, I mean, it was such a bad call, such a bad read on, on the play. I mean, if, if your best play on, on fourth and five is to run DeMar Hamlin into the line, I, I got nothing for you. If you're going to go for it, leave 17 out there, right? That, that makes a little bit more sense. Doesn't it? Um, that was the biggest blunder of the night, obviously, coaching-wise. But it felt like they were running out of options, I guess, and I do understand. I'm not excusing it at all. I thought it was just an egregiously bad call uh, on McDermott's part, just, I mean, on, almost inexcusable. But um, if that's your one reason today for firing them, I mean, I, I, I understand the mindset. I understand. It feels like they've peaked. feels like if they, if they haven't peaked, they're at the peak right near it, right? This is about as good as it's going to get with McDermott and all that. I get it. I just, I don't know if it's all of a sudden better with somebody else because we're, it's, it's not necessarily like they haven't gotten the ability to do it or have the ability to do it. it, it it's
1: just something about the Chiefs. I don't know what it is. They're just better at, at, at figuring it out. And you
0: could say, oh, well, it's coaching. Well, Andy Reid was actually the guy that was in the shoes of McDermott back in the Philadelphia days. He was the guy that couldn't figure it out. He was the guy that got fired. He was the guy that nobody liked, right? He was the guy that took the brunt of, of the blame. But it's funny how when you get a guy like Mahomes and you get a guy like Kelsey who tore it up all night last night, then those things kind of go away a bit. I just think right now the difference between the Bills and the, and the Chiefs is very marginal, but that marginal difference is ultimately the biggest difference. They just have the
1: ability That much more ability to pull it out. Look, I like I I keep saying it's a tough it's a tough conversation to have
0: because there have because there are points to be made about the McDermott situation. I do get it, but I thought he did a hell of a job this year. I thought he he earned the right to retain that job. I don't think last night is a indictment on on him personally, or should be the ultimate reason as to why you would be getting rid of him because you can't have it both ways. Once again, you can't judge based on the coaching job of one game without judging the coaching job that was just implemented and executed for the last month and a half to even allow them the
1: opportunity to play that game yesterday. You can't have it both ways. Um, I don't know how short the leash is either. I don't know. It feels
0: like it gets shorter and shorter with McDermott. It feels like the seat might be getting a little warmer than it's ever been. But then again, is it? I don't know. Because we had that article from Tim Graham come out around the time the article from uh, Tyler Dunn came out. And he said, you know, pretty much as as boldly as he could, there's no plans at all in the front office from moving on from McDermott. And I don't know if there's really any thought process at all being given to that or uh, any thought at all in that front office. I don't know if it's any of that's being given to the
1: idea of moving off from McDermott. So I think it's incredibly unlikely that
0: they move off of him anytime soon. And I know it's a conversation everybody wants to have, and I do get it for certain reasons, but I also, you know, I have a, I have a tough time having that be what I take away from yesterday. I don't know how I look at yesterday and come away saying, got to fire Sean McDermott. I mean, that team had a chance at the end. That team executed the game plan, in my opinion, flawlessly for the majority of the football game and really did not seem like that inferior of a team
1: for the majority of the game until the end. I also don't think that the, the, the firing of Sean McDermott
0: with the replacement of somebody else all of a sudden results in, oh, wow, Bills are beating the Chiefs now.
1: Because who's beating the Chiefs? Like I was talking about a little earlier, it, it, if, if the, say, say the Chiefs aren't here. Say the Chiefs aren't the Chiefs.
0: I don't think anybody would be calling for a McDermott firing ever in the past or the present. The reason the the the, the 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 pounding the table for the McDermott firing started, and I understand it rightfully so, because at the time and still to this day, that was as fireable of, of an offense as McDermott has committed, and it was, it of course, in the biggest moment, and it was one of the worst coaching blunders I've seen in a very long time, and that was the end of the Chiefs' game, divisional round in 2021, um, uh, in, the, in the 13 second game. That was when all these things started, and then of course. They're, they're as loud as ever today because the Bills once again lose to the Chiefs. And it makes you wonder, if you remove the performances against the Chiefs in the playoffs, which have been damn good performances for the most part that come up on the short end of the stick, of course, right? But if you remove those, and I know you can't remove them, but think about it. If you remove, just for the, the sake of the exercise, the, the results there or the Chiefs itself or whatever, McDermott would be getting nothing but praise, in my opinion, nonstop. It's these moments like this against this team that have ultimately shined the loudest and have been the biggest indictment on his career and are the biggest reasonings backing the people who want to get rid of him. And to that, I say, understandably, because you're thinking it has to be on him, the reason that they're losing here, because it's so close, the the margin's so thin, it's got to come down to coaching, right? You have to think that way, I guess. But I, I argue they're also right there with this guy. And I'm going up against a team that I think we're, I think history is going to look back on as one of the greatest of the sport ever. So it's just incredibly ironic and terrifyingly uh, hilarious, I guess. It really makes you think they're cursed at times to think that they have all that and they have to, they have to put it up against this team that's generational. Josh Allen's generational. The Buffalo Bills aren't. And there's just something about the Chiefs with their ability to work with what Mahomes is, and they somehow, the whole team embodies that. The Bills don't. The Bills embody the the aura of a great team, but they they, they don't have this special it that the Chiefs do, and most teams don't. That's why we're going to look back at this team as an historic next-level, never-before-seen team
1: like we look back on with the Patriots. It's the only way I see it. I have no other way to describe it. Rich again saying, z so glad to see you didn't let
0: Jesus take the wheel in the pit. Uh, nutshell, McDermott got one more
1: year, Super Bowl, or he's gone, and I'm being generous. I mean. Is the guy coming in
0: replacing him? Is, is that is that Super Bowl then? Like, that's what I don't, that's the question you got to ask. Or is it going to be that much better? They've gotten to the divisional or or further, four consecutive seasons. And they're on the short end of the stick three of those seasons against one of the greatest teams in the history of the sport. It's a really tough thing to wrap your mind around. I don't know if there's another coach who comes in and all of a sudden is able to overcome that obstacle that the, the entire league can't seem to overcome. You know, there's 16 other teams in this conference. The Chiefs have represented this conference all six of the past seasons. There's 16 total teams, 15 other teams than the Chiefs. And the Chiefs have somehow occupied a spot the last six seasons amongst all of those other teams. The Bills have had the best crack to do it. They have beaten this team three times. They fall up short in the biggest moment. 100%. I mean, there's no denying it. There's no excusing it. Nothing. Nothing. But to me, it's a collective, it's collective, the blame. And I don't know if the solution is to, you know, fire McDermott, especially today. I don't look at yesterday and think fire McDermott. You know, if Josh Allen throws that ball to Shakir a a second sooner, if Josh Allen throws that ball to Stefan Diggs uh, instead of throwing it to Shakir, if Stefan Diggs catches that unbelievable ball from Josh Allen, if Tyler Bass makes a field goal, There's a variety of ifs, 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 if
1: all that happens, no one's asking for Sean McDermott to be fired today. You got to remember, too, this team played for Sean McDermott at the end of the year. This team played
0: for him. I think it was a big reason why they got to where they got. They were inspired to play for that guy after that article came out. It could have went one of two ways. I think if they did not like McDermott in that locker room, they could have continued to hype up the the article that came out. They could have leaked stuff to the media. They could have said things to people and gotten the word out that they wanted him gone and they could have built on that. But instead they did the opposite and they went out and they played their best football of the year for that guy. And it seemed like they really wanted to do right by him. So I think that this locker room truly does uh, respect and, like Sean McDermott and play, play for him. I, I don't know today how the solution to yesterday is fire McDermott. I mean, the solution to yesterday would have been be healthy on defense. Don't divert from your game plan the final drive and just start chucking it to the end zone. Don't miss a field goal, right? Don't let Travis Kelsey Get into the end zone twice. Don't let Patrick Mahomes average 10 yards a throw. I mean, there's a lot of it. There's a lot of things here. There's a lot of things.
1: There's a ton. And we'll get into more of the ins and outs of the game in a minute here. Connor coming in. I'd take getting blown out like last year any
0: day over losing like that. Yeah, I I agree. 100%. These hurt a million times more. At least everyone knew that game was over by the end of the first quarter instead of thinking you're going to do it till the end. No doubt about it. I couldn't agree more and I'm sure today Packers fans are saying the same thing and um, uh, maybe Bucks fans, but certainly Packers fans. I know that for a fact. Um, Everyone will tell you that in these moments, it hurts way more to lose by the skin of your teeth than it would to just get your ass kicked. There's no question about it. Uh, And even though last year sucked, because it just felt like it was uninspired and they never showed up. Like you said, it, the kill shot's in quick, and you, and you, know, it, you know what you, you got. It's over. You got time to, to accept it. Um, these losses are the worst, and, and, and it's even worse for the Bills uh, fans like us because we are so used to it by now. I don't know if there's a fan base in existence that has been through more of what last
1: night was than us. I mean, sure, there's fan bases that have been through. Torment, terrible teams,
0: terrible losses, right? Close, no cigar. I don't know if anybody's ever been closer and and failed more than the Buffalo Bills have. And I don't know if anybody's endured that more as a fan base than the Bills Mafia. I don't I don't know if
1: they have. I don't know if it gets tougher as a fan than it is being the fan of the Buffalo Bills. D missing too many players, Full strength, we win. I mean, there, you know, all
0: teams are banged up this time of year. There's no question about it. But when I look at a guy in Travis Kelsey, who's really struggling at the latter half of this season here, and I don't remember the last time he even scored a touchdown, and he carves you up for two touchdowns, 75 yards. He had a couple of plays where he was un, untouched, wide open. Really makes you think that the missing pieces at the linebacker core were egregiously missed yesterday there's no question about that and I also look at uh
1: you know what this defense was all year long and they were able to figure it
0: out seemingly no matter what when I see yesterday their inability to do so at all really really goes to show you I think just how badly banged up that they truly were Because this Bills defense under Sean McDermott has been able to patch pieces of these puzzle pieces together all year long. They've been able to find a way to take something out of nothing each and every week. And yesterday, it just felt like it was one too many blows. One too many guys missing to overcome. Because the Chiefs haven't carved up a defense like that really all year long unless they're playing bottom barrel type teams. The Chiefs have not moved the ball like that offensively in a while, and they were carving up the Bills every chance they got. They were unstoppable on offense. The Bills' D had no answer. And the easy answer today is, well, the Bills' D had no answer. Therefore, Sean McDermott should be fired. I mean, I'm pretty sure Tyler Medakevich played linebacker yesterday for a snap. I mean, these guys were toast on D. Done. And they still could have won the game. I mean, think about the plays that they made to even keep a minute. They couldn't force a punt all game. And when it mattered most, the Bills did end up forcing a punt and allowed the Bills to have that final drive. The game should have been over now in the coffin after the fake punt. And Jordan Poyer makes the play of the day defensively and forces that fumble that I once again still cannot believe got overturned, and the Bills somehow get the ball back again. So despite this D being as banged up as it was, they played pretty damn bad. They played pretty poorly yesterday, no doubt about it, but they still did enough to have those Bills in it at the end with a chance to win, and they couldn't do it. So if they're full strength, do I think we certainly have a better chance to win? Oh, well, you're damn right, but the Miami Dolphins fans would say that. Right, The Miami Dolphins fans would say that if they had Jalen Waddell against us and if they had Bradley Chubb and Xavier Howard against us, they would have won, and I wouldn't have blamed them for saying that. They they were beating us the whole game. The Bills were either tied or trailing that whole game. So we can say that about any of these teams, really. But at the end of the day, I think that there is something to be said about yesterday being the most banged up this Bills D has been, and it certainly looked like it. Because no matter the makeshift roster that they had in there on D throughout the year, they did seem to find a way to overcome each and every week. Yesterday, it just felt like it was a too big of a cross to bear. It really did. But with that said, they still did just enough. Even though it was not a a good performance by any means, they still did just enough to have those bills at it. You know, at the end, with the ability to either win the game or tie it, and
1: they could not capitalize. But collectively, of course, yeah. They looked like a team that was down to their 10th linebacker. They certainly did.
0: Uh, Especially when the opening, you know, the opening uh, possession of the second half, you just knew, right? That's where it started to hit me where you just knew. Yeah, they're not stopping these guys. And you knew that the bills offense
1: wasn't going to be able to run a 10 minute touchdown drive every single time they touched the ball. Zappy coming in Zeba, I'm 22. Yes, old or 22 years
0: old from South Texas. All right. South Texas. I like a little Southern Bills representation. Chose the Bills when I was 6, been to 8 Bills
1: games. Lie. That's an impressive amount, Zappy. For living in Texas. Good on you. Oh my god, they lost all of them. Wow. Man, brother, I don't even know what to say to that. That is um that's all time. That is insane.
0: Well, you know what, brother, if it makes you feel any better, I went to four games this season and I went one and three. Went one and three, and the three losses I were at were the Jets week one, about as bad of a loss they had all year. The Patriots game in Gillette, the worst loss they had all year, and last night the most heartbreaking loss they had all year. Um, now I was at the Cowboys game, but you know, looking back on it, who the hell cares now? So if that makes you feel any better, I, I went one and three this year alone, but Oh, Oh, and eight Zappia, Let me, let me, let me know the next time you plan on going to a bills game. So I can tell you to not go. Um, I'll, and and I'll, 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 I'll buy your, I'll buy out your ticket just to, just so we, I don't know we got to find a way to get you there and reverse it. We need to get you to a game where, uh, I don't know. we got to find a perfect opportunity to get you to a game where they should freaking win, and then we can reverse this thing. But I appreciate the super chat, brother. Appreciate you representing the Bills down in Texas. That's killer. And one of these days, brother, you will get to a winning game. 0 for 8. One of these days. That's an impressive stat, though. I don't know how you can top that. That's pretty nuts. Alton coming in at some point, the coaching has to be looked at, bro three straight years of divisional losses. Like you said, if not now, when, well, I don't know if there is a, when that's the other thing that's what sucks the most about last night. I don't know if there is a, when, and I don't know if a firing at coach at the coach changes things. Like does firing a coach change the fact that this team is going to lose a decent amount of the core they currently are putting out on on display each and every week as it is right now. This team's going to look pretty damn different soon here. And this AFC is this, this AFC talent isn't going anywhere anytime soon. In fact, it's getting better and better each and every year. So when you say, if not now, when that's why yesterday hurt the most, I don't really know if there is a when I don't know. I don't, I don't see it getting better than what yesterday was. I understand the coaching staff does need to be, be looked at to a certain extent. I, I I definitely do. Um. But with the knowledge in mind that there's not going to be a
1: firing, I have a tough time really exhausting a whole lot of my thought process towards it.
0: I also look at it from both sides of the street as well. I don't know. I I just don't think that's the end all be all solution to all of these problems at hand I don't think a different coach last night I I mean maybe I don't know but is a different coach overcoming the limitations the Bills had yesterday are they overcoming Mahomes going against that banged up defense I don't know
1: of course we'll never know but I, I have a tough time thinking so it's tough because I do get it I do get it you know I understand it because there's really no other way to go with your frustration
0: other than to firing the coach after these moments. There's really nowhere else to delegate it because you're not getting rid of Josh Allen, nor should you want to, but you know how it goes. Usually after these things, people like to attack their quarterback, but you can't attack the Bills quarterback because there's there's no basis
1: to. So you move on to the coach. The coach is going to be the punching bag after these games. Um. But
0: it's really tough for me to weigh it all on that game yesterday for McDermott when I watched what he just was able to do with this team for the last couple of months here. I'll say this. Can we just wrap it up with this? Because you know my thoughts on McDermott. I've been as open to exploring other coaching options as anybody
1: has. But I also had said that he has an opportunity to prove that he's worthy of keeping this job. I said that he's essentially auditioning for his job. Right, And I think he passed that audition with pretty flying colors. And just because you did not beat the best team in the league for the last six years, I mean, it's, it's tough for me to weigh it all on that. I thought he auditioned for
0: his job the last two months and I don't know how you do much better than what he did. And I'll, I'll wrap it up with this. Two points. One, he's not going anywhere. I understand a lot of you want him to. I understand some of you don't. And I understand some of you are down the middle like me, where I, at the moment, do not think that they should get rid of him. But I also do understand the mindset surrounding wanting to get rid of him and certainly questioning whether there's better out there. I do get that. But there's two points to be made. One, they're not moving him off. They're not moving off of him this year. So you might as well just stop, uh, you know, diverting all of your anger and your thoughts of the future of this team based on him not being, him being the coach or not being the coach. Because it's, po- it's just pointless. The other point is that he's at least earned, you can't tell me he hasn't earned the right to be the coach of this team for at least next year. I just don't see how he hasn't. He's earned the right to coach this team next year, in my opinion. As we know, every year is a whole different story, no matter what. Every year, what you did before doesn't matter. You're going to be judged on a whole new playing field. And McDermott's job next year, it it could change
1: dramatically, whether he's here or he isn't, based on how next season goes. But you have to keep in mind that he's going to be
0: here next year. and. None of this is going to go one way or the other.
1: There's not even going to be a question about it until probably again this time next year, if then. So I don't know. I also just hate sitting here after, you know, you you, you go
0: out yesterday and you lose and now you got to sit here and just reflect on all, or not even reflect. You got to sit here and ponder about the what ifs of the future. Or that's what I hate about all this. The season ends, and then within one day, it's like, okay, how do we solve this? I mean, Josh Allen kind of put it perfectly. He said, like, "We just need to find a way to score one more point than the other guys." And what he's essentially telling you is, we're about as good as these guys are. Really, we're just coming up a couple points shy every time. And I just don't think that a re a rehaul at
1: coaching and and personnel is all of a sudden the answer. I mean. For God's sakes,
0: the Kansas City Chiefs move off a of Tyree kill and they're on the cusp of going to their second straight Super Bowl without him. I mean, they're doing it with, without guys, with guys, doesn't matter. So we sit here today and we're like, oh, well, we got to get a new coach. We got to get a whole new uh, wide receiver room. I mean, obviously the Bills have got to get better in various areas. There's no, there's no question there. They don't have anything at wide receiver right now. I mean, I get all that. But the overall point here is we can't just look at that game after losing by a couple of points and say everything's got to change when I'm watching a team that has had the greatest roster maybe you've ever seen offensively completely lose one of their biggest assets, different guys interchangeable. Your best receiver right now is a rookie wide receiver that didn't really come on
1: until the latter half of the year and they're still getting it done. rich with another to be fair almost
0: everyone but mcdermott has been held accountable frazier dorsey special teams etc you got
1: to forgive me but what's the breaking point all right so let's take it piece by piece the Frazier thing,
0: I don't know what happened there. It didn't, doesn't seem like it ended well, and I agree with you that it certainly felt like he was held accountable when maybe he didn't need to be held accountable as much as he was. It felt like he took the entirety of the blame for that 13 seconds, and I don't think that was fair. But I don't know what was going on behind the scenes there. It did not seem to end in a positive manner, and it frankly ended in a very strange manner that I still don't quite understand. The Dorsey situation. That looked like the right move. Dorsey was held accountable because this offense wasn't doing anything. And when he gets fired, this team winds up putting out their best offensive performance collectively at the end of the year. And they end up going on a six game win streak, seven and one overall heading into the playoffs.
1: So that move was the right move. And then, you know, Special teams, yeah, I, I don't know.
0: That's uh, that's just been pretty damn poor, honest to God. The execution on special teams, of course, was not <laughs> far from good yesterday. I get what you're saying. Uh, but that's usually the way it goes. Usually the last person to get held accountable are the biggest names, right? The biggest pieces of the puzzle. Um, Now you're asking what the breaking point is. Truthfully, for me, the breaking point would have been this year if it continued to go the way it was going after week six. I think that's the breaking point. I don't know if the breaking point right now, at least, is losing in the divisional round. Now, maybe if, the, say you do it again the next two years, I guess maybe, I don't, it's, it's tough to tell what the breaking point is. It's tough to tell because I don't know what the mindset of Terry Pagula is. I don't know. You know, there are some organizations where their breaking point is in, in, incredibly high, almost to a fault. Back like when the, the the Eagles fired Doug Peterson at two years removed from winning a Super Bowl. I wouldn't have done that. They thought it was the right move. I certainly didn't think it was. And now they're with Nick Sirianni, another guy, who they feel like they should maybe fire. They're not going to. But if you ask the fan base, I think the majority of them would like to, like him fired. And I, I don't think he should be the head coach next year. Um. So maybe you do it a little too, a little too prematurely, but there's certainly some teams that do do that, and then there's other teams that linger on to coaches for for longer than maybe they should as well. The breaking point is hard to define because I don't know what the breaking point is for Terry Pagula. but the breaking point for me, if it were up to me, the breaking point to me, he he got out of it alive this year. He was. Back against the wall, he had, one, he had one exit out of there. McDermott was backed against the wall, and there was only one way out of it. Go and do pretty much what he did. It did not end the way that they, they, they wanted it to, or any of us wanted it to, but the fact that they got there based on what they did to get there, commendable. And I think he got through that, that only exit available to him. But if he goes out and does the exact, they go out and do the exact same thing next year and don't overcome And it's just, it's one of these years where they continue to regress and they go out next year and they end up not making the playoffs or it's a season like this year where the six and six record comes around and they don't go on a run, they don't overcome it. That's a breaking point to me.
1: Because then that's just another step down. But I don't know what the breaking point for this organization is. It's really tough to tell. But to me a mi- missing of the playoffs. That's probably my breaking point. Uh Yeager the ninth. I'm a Dolphins fan. I just
0: found this channel. You have a great speaking voice, and I love your unbiased analysis. I have to subscribe. Well, Yeager.
1: Thank you, brother. How about a nice how about a nice, kind, unbiased
0: Dolphins fan? Can we give it up for Yeager, the ninth? I mean, you are a hidden gem, brother. And it's nice to have you aboard here on the Fanatics. I mean, I find you like I find the winning lottery ticket, man. I mean, you it's incredible.
1: Um, appreciate that. <sighs> I will say that while you bring up the topic of the Dolphins, oh, that
0: fan base was up. They were stoked, weren't they? So it makes it even worse. It's like, ah, oh, now you just, it's like, you get to this point now where all of a sudden people want you to lose
1: and they expect you to lose and they expect you to come up short again and then and then you prove it right. Ugh. Still working on getting all of the, the, that type
0: of dolphin shit off my timeline ever since the lead up to the AFC East title game, it was just all dolphins on my feet and I'm finally starting to eradicate it a little bit. Oh, it's saying I was just asking for your opinion, my guy. No, 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 I wasn't coming at you. I wasn't coming at you. I don't know. I don't know if you think I was, but I certainly wasn't. I was, I think I prefaced that. I said, you brought up Sean McDermott. And I said, I'm not coming at you or anybody in particular. I said you were the person who brought up Sean McDermott. And this is why I'm just going to talk about it real quick because I've been here. It's all I've been hearing all day. No, you of course you didn't. You just asked. And it's right to ask because everybody's been talking about it all day. Everybody's been asking all day, right? And I think it's just because we don't know what to do with ourselves today. I think everybody sits around today and doesn't know what to do with themselves. They don't have any answers. And I feel like everybody sits around and feels like somebody has to pay for this. And when it's of course not going to be your quarterback paying for it, well, the next best, easiest option is to just say fire Sean McDermott. And I don't think anybody really knows the reason why they want to fire Sean
1: McDermott. They want to fire Sean McDermott because they lose to the Chiefs. Okay, but do do you have any
0: like is there is there anything in particular from yesterday other than the the terrible fake punt that let's let's be honest here, it didn't end up costing them. I mean I I think there would be a little bit more of a of a Argument on it if it wound up really being the back the backbreaker. Okay, fine, but I just don't know today like how that's the solution for the team. I just think that everybody sits here today and they have nowhere else to go with their mind other than somebody's got to pay for this. It's got to be McDermott because it's
1: certainly not going to be Josh Allen. And I get it, I do get it. Because I feel lost as well. I don't know where to go with any of it. I just feel like... I'm exhausted. I just feel lost. Every time...
0: Of the, every This time every year, I just feel lost. I just feel like I am plummeted into a purgatory of nothingness. Because it's always, it's always what it ends in. No matter how great the team is, no matter how great the story was, it always ends in nothing. Sadness, regret, anger, and then all of that culminates into just nothing. There's nothing to show for it. There's nothing. And you don't know what to do with yourself as a fan, really. So I think that's where a lot of people are. And what they do is they just try to find a, a source of blame. You know, we'll we'll get into that. after all these super chats. We're going to get into the game because I, I don't have a direct source of blame after last night. I have a variety of elements throughout the game that I think can be pinpointed to uh, pose blame on when it comes to this loss. I don't have any one gigantic like if if this game was a, a dartboard, I don't have one bullseye that I think nails the. Uh, The reason the bills lost this game last night, other than, and I, but you want, you know, I won't do this. And I I don't think it's right. That would be the injuries, right? But that's what any, every team's bullseye would be.
1: It's what every team's bullseye would be. You know, that would be the dolphins bullseye. And And it's fair to say like
0: the dolphins are a different team. When you have six of your best players out there, certainly the bills are a different team. If Matt Milano's out there, and Tredavious White's out there, and Terrell Bernard's out there, right? And Taylor Rapp's out there. It's a a different team. Of course it is, but it's just not the way that this league goes. It's unfortunate. I'll be honest, you know, we had some real shit luck defensively this year with the injuries to the point where it was almost, not almost, I mean, to the point where they couldn't overcome it at the end. But, Look at all the other teams this year whose season literally just ended in the middle of it because their quarterback went down. Knock on wood, the luck we've had with the seventeen and the way he plays and not getting hurt—I mean, it's incredible. Look at all of these teams whose offenses just get destroyed and they and they they're gone, they're done. I mean, it it happened to the Ravens the last couple of seasons, right? It happens to the Bengals this year. Um it happens nonstop and the bills had it happen to them defensively this year and they did an extraordinary job of overcoming it. It just got to the point where at the end you had, you had two forces going up against each other that were they're, they're repelling, man. And that's a really banged up defense and maybe the greatest quarterback to ever play the game. And an, and a pissed off team that wants to somehow prove that they are underdogs and that they, uh, you know, that 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 they're uh, they're not going anywhere. I don't even know how to. Once again, how do you describe it? Somehow the Chiefs still feel like they are underdogs. I guess that they were yesterday. Bills were favored in that game. You got two opposing forces going at each other yesterday that are not meant to mesh, and that's a really banged up D in a generational team with a generational quarterback and a generational offense. Bartek saying, I just want to say I love you, brother. Mm, much love to you, BT, saying thank you for always making us feel better. Maybe one day we'll be on the uh, the other side. We know JA will never give up.
1: Well, much love to you, Bartek. Thanks for the constant support, brother. You know it always means the world to me. Um, I hope everybody feels a bit better as we yell and talk and say whatever, you know.
0: I'm feeling a little bit better at right now, but we haven't even gotten into the game yet. And we're like almost two hours in God knows how long we're going to be running tonight. I hope you guys canceled your plans. I knew tonight would run. I don't even know how long. Maybe we'll, maybe we'll, maybe we'll hit the four or five hour mark. Who the hell knows? I'm just realizing we haven't even talked about the specifics of this game yet, but uh, we've had easily around 700 steady in here all night, which is freaking awesome. So if you could hit a
1: like and subscribe and comments and whatever, go ahead and do it. because this is the grand finale. You know? Don't you just ever think
0: what, it would, would it, what would it be like for the grand finale on the smoke break one of these years to
1: come on here and celebrate a bowl? Imagine what that would look like. Imagine what that would be like. Cause it just feels like I, this is deja vu for me. This is like the fourth, fourth or fifth time now that I've had to do, had to do this at the end of the year. Feels the exact same every single time. Um, Bartek says we know that Josh Allen will never give up,
0: and um, man, that's that's certain. I feel bad for that guy today, man. You know, you feel bad for yourself today. You feel bad for the fan base
1: today, right? Rightfully so. I don't know if there's anybody I feel worse for than Josh Allen. Because it doesn't matter. No one's going to remember the
0: nuances of the game. They're going to remember the two quarterbacks that played, and they're going to remember the one that won and the one that lost. Is that right? No. Is that fair? No. Should it be that way? No. Is it that
1: way? Yep. Is that the reality of this current uh the, the way the NFL is currently set up? Yep. Absolutely. And he
0: knows it. And we all know it and it sucks but it's the truth. And when that's this is this is uh you know what, what's going to come of this, and he knows it. That's probably why it's even, it's not just that they lose yesterday. That alone would have him as sick as he's visibly coming across at the um, podium. But it's the fact that his legacy is just getting run over by a freight train because he's sitting there knowing he possesses the talents of an all-time great, and he's watching one of the other all-time greats take every single thing from him. Everything. Allen today has as many big accolades, I mean, outside of the division titles, I keep referencing that because I don't want to overlook them. They they to somebody like me, they mean something who had none of that growing up.
1: But outside of the big accolades, right? I mean, I mean, or when it comes to the big accolades, rather, Josh Allen's got none of them. And how's history
0: going to treat Josh Allen? The people that don't grow up in this era the people who look back and weren't able to watch him or were too young to remember him how's history going to treat josh allen and the way it's shaping up right now it's going to be it's it's sad it's not going to be what he ever dreamt of and it's not going to be what he deserves because he's going to be looked back on as dan marino Right, and I'm talking about
1: right now, I'm talking about what it is right now. And he's going to be looked back at as uh, I don't know who else, Warren Moon, Philip Rivers, maybe. And it's just not right, and it's not accurate, and it's not fair,
0: but it's the reality. And he's got to be aware of it. And it's got
1: to make him sick. Because it makes me sick thinking about it for him. I mean, the guy comes in to this league and now currently possesses
0: a record that he and only he holds. And that's four consecutive seasons with 40 plus touchdowns. He scores 50 touchdowns today. His postseason numbers are absolutely off the charts. His numbers against these Kansas City Chiefs every time they play him in the playoffs collectively, when you total them up, they're off the charts. And the guy's got nothing to show for it. And all these other guys do, even if they haven't won a Super Bowl, Lamar is going to have two MVPs to show for it. Maybe a Super Bowl here. We don't know. But even if he doesn't, Even if Lamar falls on his face next week, he's got two MVPs in his trophy case. Even if Burrow never comes back the same after the injury, he's got a Super Bowl appearance under his plate and two AFC championship appearances. And then we, we
1: know what Mahomes has. Allen's got none of it, man. And it's sick because he is... He's one of the best players I've ever seen. And he's a Buffalo Bill. And it still has resulted in nothing. How does that make any sense? I mean, growing up, I never thought I'd have one of the best players ever be on my football team. And I have that now. And it still doesn't make a difference. In the grand result. It
0: makes the viewing experience 10 times more fun. It makes the rooting experience 10 times more exciting. It makes the hope 10 times higher. But the result is still the same as it was
1: every season that I experienced growing up. And that's insane. And that's sickening and it's sad. And I feel freaking bad for that guy. Wears it on his sleeve every time. Never blames anybody else.
0: Hell, going into the locker room yesterday, and I had a bird's eye view of this of the stands. I saw it even before the video came out. I was watching it unfold. Tyler Bass is walking off the field. I mean, you want to talk about somebody who is gotta be as dead as you can be while still having a heartbeat, and Allen walked ran ran up to him from off the field into the into the walk away of the locker room and, or, uh, the, the tunnel and, and, and hugged them and then walked in with them. And of course, took the blame on himself in the podium at the podium afterwards. I'm talking about the kick, um, even blamed himself on his footwork when Dawson Knox got blown up by Chris Jones at the end of the game there where he's got bumped into. And I think it threw off his timing on that throw to Shakir. And I know that's been a big argument today, whether it did or it didn't. Well, I think it probably did because Allen skipped the ball in front of Shakir about three feet in front of him. And we know the guy's certainly capable of throwing a 25 yard pass. And when in reality, you know, you, you take all this blame, not just him taking it himself, but he'll take, he took all the blame from the idiots today. And I'll tell you this, okay? And I want to be perfectly clear. If, you, if your takeaway from yesterday is that that's on Josh Allen, he can't beat the Chiefs. Josh Allen's not good enough to overcome the best of the best. Josh Allen's not good enough to move on from the divisional. Josh Allen's not good enough to propel this Buffalo team to the promised land. You know, Josh Allen's not capable of getting it done. You are a special type of dumb. And there's no other way to put it. You're a special type type of stupid and you're either doing it on purpose to get a rise and I know there's plenty of those out there and that's different that's a different story I'm talking about the people who genuinely believe he is a problem who genuinely believe that this team had a prayer yesterday if he doesn't play a damn near perfect football game up until the last couple of minutes where we'll talk about it i don't know what went, what went wrong
1: catch those springtime vibes all over arizona break out of the winter blues by hitting the
0: water at one of our lake and river parks take a hike among the wildflowers just make sure to stay on the trails and leave the flowers for the bees discover arizona's best kept secret and visit azstateparks.com slash amazing to start your springtime adventure. Nah. But the thing of it is, is that it's so easy to pinpoint the one or two plays Josh Allen doesn't make and ignore the 15 or so plays throughout the game that everybody else didn't make that
1: more than likely was the major part of the recipe that led to a loss. A lot easier. You know, if Josh Allen's blaming the loss
0: yesterday, and say we're making a recipe. We're making a making a big old Bill's loss stew. Mmm, delish. I've had that. I've had a bowl of that a time or two before. Mmm. Hot and ready. Say we're making that big old Bills playoff exit stew, making a big old cauldron of it. And I need all my recipes. Josh Allen's blame in that loss yesterday he's about two shakes of the of a salt shaker
1: to me give it a little more give it a little more uh, bite everybody wants to dial
0: in on the one or two things he didn't do ignore the 35 other things he did do to have it even be a competitive game and also at the same time ignore the the the, the 10 15 plus other things that everybody surrounding him on the sidelines on the field whatever, wherever, didn't do either it all
1: gets ignored but it's Josh Allen's fault it's got to be I, I i don't know how i don't know how these guys do it especially a guy like him Imagine doing
0: what you do last night or doing what you did in the 13 second game. Like imagine being that good performing that well, getting your team in that spot. Imagine doing all of that
1: and losing and then being blamed for the loss and not
0: being able to defend yourself because you can't because you're the face of the franchise and that's not how it works.
1: It's got to be, it's got to be so, I can't even imagine how tough. But it's a special breed of dumb
0: and it's no, if, I, I mean, I don't tell, I'm not, I don't mean to, I don't mean to
1: be, um, I don't mean to insult you. But if you find yesterday to be the Josh Allen problem, then I just don't know
0: I don't know how I don't know how you're functioning 100% properly upstairs. I don't
1: know how that's possible. That or you just have a completely um a completely wrong view of how this sport's played, I guess. Because If you watch
0: that game and think that he's the problem, then I I think you've just been conditioned to think that all quarterbacks at all times have to be flawless or else they are, um, you know, they are the reason you lose. And the thing of it is, is he's done that so many times that when he has the
1: one or two things that don't happen, that don't go right, then it's just so easy to say, well, he didn't play perfect, so it's his fault. looking at some comments real quick and we got so many super chat we're just rolling
0: through these right now we got we'll keep rolling on them before we get into the ins and outs of the game um just because i want to keep up on them uh real quick though before we do about to approach the two minute mark or the two hour mark wow we are rocking and rolling tonight and it's all courtesy of my friends over at BetUS, who proudly sponsored the Smoke Break, and it's a pleasure to have BetUS on board. And it was a pleasure to have BetUS on board for the 2023 football season, and it's still it's still going on, folks. The, the, the Buffalo Bills might be done, but the season's still trekking along, and you still can place your bets on the remaining NFL games, as well as NBA games, NHL games, you name it. BetUS has it. Some of the best customer service in the game, fast and easy payouts, and of course that one hundred and twenty-five percent sign-up bonus in the link in the description below. You can bet on parlays, player props, uh, teasers, you name it. It's all on Bet US, including some of the best lines and options for the upcoming divisional or championship game, rather, and then of course the Super Bowl, where we know that's the biggest betting holiday of the year. You can do it all over on uh, Bet US. And speaking of that Super Bowl. Bet U.S. is giving away Super Bowl tickets. Now, look, at the Bills aren't going to be making it. It sucks. But it still wouldn't suck to go watch a Super Bowl in person. And it might be a lot less nerve-wracking not having the Bills in it if you actually win the tickets and go. Because if you win the tickets and go, you have nothing to worry about other than having a good time. So here's how you enter. You go over to Bet U.S. You click that link in the description below. Sign up. Get that 125% sign-up bonus. Then go over to the NFL page on the website, place a $25 wager on any NFL line, screenshot that. And by the way, $25 or more. So you can do $25 or more, but start to $25. Screenshot that bet, head over to Twitter and post it. And then in that post, tag BetUS and tag the friend that you would take to the Super Bowl with you. Then add hashtag SBVIII or, yeah, III. And then, boom, let it rip, and you're entered to win. They will be uh, doing an announcement of the winner uh, in a not, not a not even all that long from now, a couple of days, I believe. So get in on that as soon as you can. The link's down in the description below, so make sure to enter. And for all the details, here's a quick message with all of the
1: um, little intricacies of that giveaway and all the information from BetUS. BetUS, America's favorite sports book, where you can bet on everything anytime. Sportsbook, casino, horse racing, live betting, and more. We have the best bonuses in the industry. That's right, get a 125% sign-up bonus. And to celebrate our 30-year anniversary, we are giving up to 30 risk-free bets, a truck, Super Bowl tickets, and more. Don't miss out. Play smart. Join now. BetUS, where the game begins.
0: Love it. make sure to go take advantage of that. I'm checking in real quick. I just want to make sure I double uh, check
1: on um, on that giveaway just because I think the the uh, the announcement's coming up this week, I believe.
0: I'll find that before the end of the show, but make sure you get in on that just because it's coming up to an end soon, and I want you guys to have an opportunity to win those tickets because that would be sweet. All right, let's get back to some Super Chats here. Um, where do we leave off? Left off with Bartek. Let's start it off again with JDR, and he's saying... Had their best chance this year and blew it. I mean, that's really the way I see it. It's unfortunate, but that's just the way I see it. I see that this team had an opportunity in front of them that they really hadn't had before, and that was the opportunity to play these Chiefs at home, the opportunity to get the Chiefs while they seemed like they were at their lowest. You also have Joe Burrow out of the uh, equation who has been a real pain in your ass the last couple of years, right? And they knock you out last year, and they beat you this year pretty soundly with him, uh, I, I, in prime time, you had that off the plate. You got that two C when it felt like it was pretty much impossible to do. So it just felt like things were stacking up right for these bills. And you also look at what they have coming up ahead of them. And that's a salary cap that is not going to be friendly for them. Uh, Josh Allen's contract kicking in pretty extensively. You're also looking at guys aging out of this roster and free agents are abundant coming up here the bills have at least 10 or so free agents coming up that are going to be major either retentions or losses and that's all going to factor into the salary cap as well so this team also isn't going to be the same and meanwhile you have these other teams that are going to be back to healthy and they're going to be better we talked about it a little bit earlier jets should certainly be better with aaron Rodgers, and that's going to be right in your division joe burrow will be back and he will be healthy uh, the C.J. Stroud experiment is going to be one year older, one year wiser, one year better. I think the Chiefs are just going to get better. If this was their down year, what's next after another draft and another offseason with the ability to add to it? If this is their down year and they're still in the AFC championship, they're not going anywhere anytime soon. If anything, they're going to be getting better. And then what about these other AFC teams that are going to be drafting quarterbacks near the top of the draft this year that could inevitably be the next Houston Texans as well. That's right around the corner too. This is a loaded draft class this year. And there could be several teams that have the cap space to build around a generational quarterback that they end up drafting in the top few picks. Should they end up hitting the way people anticipate some of these guys being able, uh, you know, to have the potential to do. So it's not going to be any easier anytime soon, not to say it's ever easy but it felt like this was their best opportunity that they've had. It also feels like moving forward, it really could have been the best opportunity they have in in the near future as well. And that's really, you know, what above all to me makes this hurt the most. Yes, of course, the loss, the season over, that's what sucks. You know, that's what always sucks about losing in the playoffs. And then you add the fact that you lose to the chiefs again, it's sickening,
1: obviously. But when you think about the long-term, um, effects of this loss, the
0: what it coulda, shoulda's that I feel like we're going to be thinking about that to me is what's the most painful. No doubt is saying Andy has been head coach 14 years, uh, Sean
1: Seven. Yes, um, I think Andy Reid's been a head coach for longer than that.
0: Let me I don't double check how long he was a head. I think he was in Christ, I think he was in uh. Wasn't he in
1: Philly for 14 years alone? Um, but Andy Reid, when he was in Philly, I think he got to at least, least one Super Bowl. I
0: think, I think two. Um, but I'm almost positive he was in Philly for 14 years, wasn't he? Not. Yeah. So Andy Reid's been coaching for 25 years, and I believe. Yep. He was the coach of the Eagles from 1999 to 2012. So going on 25 seasons, or he was at his, 20, his 25th season. Next year will be his 26th season as a head coach. So that's the thing we were talking about earlier, where it's like, oh, you got to jump on the guy and get rid of him. I'm not saying Sean McDermott's Andy Reid. I mean, there are two different styles of coaches to begin with, but... Everyone in Philly wanted Andy Reid gone when he couldn't get over the hump and win one with Terrell Owens and, and uh, Donovan McNabb, Brian Westbrook, right? So the same guy that we think we can't beat and can't get past right now is the same guy that everybody wanted gone in a whole different uh, situation. So it's crazy how things go. It's not just the coach. It's not just the coach. Sometimes it's certainly one of the biggest issues that has to go. And I think time will continue to tell if that ends up being the need for this team. But the way that this year ended, I don't know how the solution in this given moment is fire Sean McDermott. Laura is saying, hey, bot, tough loss. Since you were there, can you address if wind affected the Bass field goal attempt? Just curious. It's a great question. I I had the unfortunate, let's see if I have a picture. I have the unfortunate reality or the unfortunate pleasure, I think would be the better way to put it, of telling you that I sat directly behind that goalpost. So nobody in the stadium, or in the world maybe, had a better view of that second iteration of wide right than I. In fact, here it is. There's there's me and dad, and there's that goalpost right behind us that had a ball travel to the right side of it at the end to lose. Now, the question was, was the wind a big effect? In fact, no, so much so that we were actually discussing it beforehand, how the wind had certainly died down. Now, not to say there wasn't any wind, but it's a January night in Buffalo. I don't care if it's the nicest night in the world. There's going to be some wind. But if we're talking about wind to the point of what it was like last week, where it was weather advisory type shit, no. No, and you could tell that it felt like Bass missed that one right off the, right off the leg. Now, now, there was wind going from left to right, but I don't think it had the effect on it, on the ball, the way that it ended up looking. That ball, the wind, in my opinion, the way that it felt in the stadium, maybe it was different down on the field, but I like to look up, of course, at the little orange pylons on top of the goalpost to see how bad the wind was. The way I had looked at it going into that kick, they really weren't whipping around, not nearly as much at least as they were in the beginning of the game. Um, Bass almost missed a extra point earlier in the
1: game on the opposite end zone. The, uh, the exact same way kicked it straight rolled to the right
0: a bit and it barely went in. So it looked like that was just something he had going
1: on yesterday. Not being able to read it and kicking from right to left. Um, but
0: I do not think the wind was as, as much of a factor as maybe it, it, it seemed, or many might've thought based on the fact that it's a cold night in Buffalo and the weather's been a topic of conversation as of late in Buffalo, the way I saw it, not nearly as impactful as that miss ended up looking like. I just think he missed it. I I wouldn't doubt it had some impact, not enough to blow it all the way right like it, like it ended up being Chandler bang coming in. Hate to say it, but there's a strong correlation with arguably both of the two best dynasties of all time, Buffalo bills. (laughs) No reason to believe we will be back every year, but no reason not to. Go Bills. And that's the way we all have to look at it. Appreciate it, Chandler. That's the way we all have to look at it. It's the way we have looked at it. And you got to remember, I, as well as you and all of us, I'll be prisoner of the moment for a little bit here where I just think there's no way, not no way, but you know, you're not guaranteed to get back. Um, But it's hard not to think that way when year after year, you get awfully close, you squander it, and you just wonder how many times you get an opportunity how many times do you get a chance to do something special when you don't capitalize on it? And then, you know, because of that, how, how can you sit back and think, well, I'll, I'll continue to get a chance. It's what all these guys think. And they'll tell you. In fact, I was listening earlier, Colin Coward had Mark Sanchez on, and people forget, man, Mark Sanchez went to back to back AFC East championships with Rex Ryan and the New York jets. And he said, they were talking about the bills. And he said that, man, we thought we were going back we 100% thought we were going back and they never ended up making the playoffs again. In fact, I don't think the jets have been to the playoffs since if I'm not mistaken. I think the, I don't know if the jets have been to the playoffs since I'm I'm 99% positive. And he was telling you as the quarterback of a team that went to two consecutive AFC championships, which is crazy to think that's, that is more than the bills have accomplished with Josh Allen, the jets and, and Mark Sanchez. And he was telling you we had no shadow of a, a doubt we would be back, and they never ended up making the playoffs again. So, uh, you know, I'm sure Dan Marino thought he'd be back to a Super Bowl, never did. Sure, Philip Rivers thought one of these years this this great Chargers team is going to get to a Super Bowl, never did. Like you said, no reason not to think you can't, but it's also I think um, a bit naive to think that y- you continue to get these these good of chances as well. No reason not to think that the bills can't find a way with Josh Allen one of these years, but there's also plenty of reason to think that they're they're not going to have as great of a setup as they did this year, or maybe a couple of years ago in the 13 second game. The more you continue to scratch off your chances, the less opportunities, the less
1: scratchers you have, the less space you have to scratch off. That's just the way I see it. Um, Because these seasons are long, man. These seasons are long. And it's amazing how they just
0: end in one three-hour event. One game. But when you do look back at the fact that it just feels like, oh, it's just one season. Well, one season is
1: a long time. Right? And it adds and it adds up and it adds up and it adds up. And you just wonder...
0: When you look at what the team did to go all in and really build uh, a a championship contender, the fact that they never even got to another AFC championship, much less a Super Bowl, is awfully, awfully, awfully disappointing. And they've had had their chances. And it's just, you know, for me, it's tough to think that you're going to continuously keep getting solid chance after solid chance when you know how hard they are to come by in this league. Tyler coming in, what's going to happen next year with the cap pal? Well, that's going to be interesting. And we'll have to see what the priority is for this team and what direction they want to go in and who they you know, want to keep and who they don't. And believe me, that's what the off season is going to be for. We'll have the entire offseason to dedicate our time and our energy towards figuring out what the bills are going to do with this cap situation, but it's going to be a situation nonetheless. And they're going to have to figure out who they want to keep. Who they want to move off of, and and who they want to restructure, and who, you know, is going to be willing to be a part of this front office's mission towards uh, getting under this number. Uh, certainly, some restructuring is going to have to be implemented. You'd probably think perhaps Josh on Josh Allen's end a bit. Who knows? As his contract really starts to kick in this upcoming season but we'll see either way though, this bills team is going to have to make some significant moves in order to get underneath that number. And that's not including the fact that they're going to have to make some pretty serious additions. You'd think as well in order to continue to allow this team to have these chances we're talking about, because you can't, you can't sit on your laurels while the rest of these teams are going to continue to try to build and compete. Um, they're going to have to have a banger draft. That's the key. I mean, you look at a couple of these teams now that are, that are starting to rise, and it's all based on what they did in the draft. Green Bay Packers, Detroit Lions. I mean, the amount of rookies and second-year guys that are cornerstone players for these franchises, the Bills have got to have a killer draft this upcoming season, and it has to have a focal point uh, surrounding the offense. It has to. It just does. When Khalil Shakir is my best option, who, who has really come along, it's no slight at him, but he was not brought onto this team to be your best option in a divisional round playoff game. And
1: that's what he was last night. This team has to have a killer draft offensively. Um, it just has to happen. Fabio
0: coming in. Starting linebacker, AJ Klein was on his way to vacation with his family days before the game was out on the field. Chiefs targeted him over and over. Yeah. So, like I say all the time, I hate to make excuses for losses based on injuries, and I won't do it for last night just because they still had their chances despite all that. But when you look at what this team was all year with the injuries and their willingness—or not willingness, but their, rather their ability—to overcome it, last night just what you saw on the field showed you it was just one too many, one too many guys down. And when you're going up against a surefire first ballot Hall of Famer, arguably the best Hall uh, uh, tight end of all time and you're down to guys in their driveway packing up for vacation to have to guard them, you're going to be put in a real tough spot. And when you got one of the best of all time throwing them the football to get in the end zone and kill you, you're double-screwed. And he got in the end zone twice yesterday. I couldn't tell you the last time Travis Kelsey got in the end zone twice. Um, And that had a lot to do, I'm sure, with the banged-up linebacker unit for this Buffalo Bills team. Um, so... It was real unfortunate that it wound up being the way it was. But, you know, shout out to A.J. Klein last week. I thought he came in and did a real solid job. Just yesterday was a tough, a tough ask for these guys to go and shut down one of the all timers. um, When, like you said, you're halfway out the door on vacation with your family. Matt Royer coming in. Endless cycle of pain and misery being a Bills fan. I heard that. Makes me feel bad for raising my two-year-old daughter to be a fan and setting her up for
1: this. Love the show, Ziba. Much love, Matt. Now, don't be sad. Look it, Let me just say this. This all sucks. It sucks. I mean, it totally blows. I can't think of shit that sucks worse
0: than this when it comes to first world problems, right? The feeling is terrible. The emotional... Drainage, really even the physical drainage, awful. The investment you put into the team all year
1: long, it's exhausting to have it come down to this and just end like that. But even with that yesterday, right, with all of that,
0: I'm still in that crowd with my old man, the reason I'm a fan, and we had a ball, me and my dad. You know? Go all the way home from Connecticut. So I don't see my parents nearly as much as I used to, of course, living at home. Go up, get to see my mom and dad, and then get in the car. And me and my dad sit, just him and I, tailgate all day. Go to the game together. Have a ball at the game. Hold on to hope till the very last second. And then when it doesn't go our way, get to go and share each other's misery together in the car, stuck in traffic for four hours and talk about it for however long and then commiserate and whatever afterwards, I guess what I'm getting at is that's all because of the bills. I got, I get to do all that because of the bills. So good, bad, or indifferent, you get to share that with the people you love and that's what makes being a fan, the coolest thing ever. 99% of it will be misery. And I don't know how to say this without sounding insane, but for some reason it's what brings the best out of out of you when it comes to experiencing it with others. I don't know how to explain it. It brings the most, it brings life out of you. It brings you together. It gives you a common ground, you know, a commonality. It, it brings you, it, it just brings you together, man. I know that the, the adage, uh, the NFL marketing scheme, football is family. It, it is to me, and I think that it is to a lot of people. And despite the ls and stuff, would it would it it hasn't affected any 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 of us? Nights like last night have happened repeatedly for this fan base over a you know fifty year period, and it hasn't wavered anybody, really? And it's, it's in a weird way, what makes the family element of it even better. I don't even know how to describe it. And what, it will make what will come maybe one of these days, hopefully, that much more un- unbelievable. It will make, whenever they find a way to do it, one of these times, I mean, hope, hopefully I am above sea level to see it, man. I mean, I hope I'm not chewing on dirt six feet under. But if and when that comes, it's going to make that moment 50 million times more incredible. It's why I'm going to be pulling for the, for the Detroit Lions over the next couple of weeks, because I know what those people got to be feeling. And if it can't be the Bills, I hope somebody gets to feel that, because I know what that must,
1: I know what that feels like. And I, I hope that those people get to experience what I've wanted to experience my whole life. You know, I can't be selfish about it. Bills are done. I hope those guys get to get that. I hope, they, I hope they get to experience that because I can't imagine. Because I know when it happens, it's
0: going to be one of the coolest things that's, uh, I've ever seen in my life. I know it. When you put this much time and effort and dedication and love and passion into something and it's turned into nothing, forever and you still it's unconditional you don't I mean you care of course obviously we care we're sitting here for going on two and a half hours still we're going on about this and we're going to do it forever right you obviously care but you don't you don't care it doesn't affect you negatively enough to where you'll walk away because you can't walk away it's what you are it's who you are it's what this team is to you right the payoff for that I don't even know what that would feel like it's, it's tough to even try and quantify in my mind. It's tough to even really think about it being a reality, you know? But guess what I'm getting at when it comes back to your super chat, Matt, is you, you say you feel bad for raising your two-year-old daughter into it. I know you do. And my dad tells me all the time it's his fault, and it certainly is. I mean, it, it is his damn fault. But it's, it's one of the coolest things ever. And it totally blows a lot of the time. But you and your daughter will have something cool for a long time. And you get to share in that misery together. And as we all know, especially on the annual therapy session, season-ending therapy session on the smoke break, misery loves company. And there's nothing better than being with a family member, sharing in that sorrow of something like what happened last night. So, Jade, coming in, we were all sacrifices to the pit in the end. Isn't that the funny thing? It's, It's true. We all were. We all ended up being sacrificed. I do wonder if, we, if they made an announcement over the PA system and said, like, at, at like, um, halftime, maybe, you know, I guess at the end of the game when it's over, we are taking volunteers to all go sacrifice ourselves for the pit next season.
1: I wonder how many people they would have gotten in the moment. I bet you more than you'd think. Hell, at that point, I was so down, low, maybe I'd go do it myself.
0: Michael coming in Steelers fan here. I think that McDermott needs to go out and hire an OC that can give Allen more help and less hero ball type production. Appreciate it, Michael. Um, and, you know, Michael knows probably as a Steelers fan, what it's like to have an OC that feels limiting and um, people right now, that's another argument I've been seeing today about Joe Brady and, and what's the story there. Once again, another topic for the off season that we'll have a plenty of time to talk about. Look, Joe Brady did an incredible job. You're faced with a daunting task, backed into a corner, and your first opportunity as an OC for this team is taking over. A, guy, a guy's job who just got fired in a situation where you're pretty much one loss away from a, from a playoff or from not being in the playoffs. Not a good spot to be in, right? A crazy-ass spot to be in. And he answered the call. I mean, he went nuts. He went crazy. Seven and one, man, and had this team down in the red, near the red zone, uh, on the outside of the red zone to win, a, to, to win it and go to the AFC championship. He deserves 100% the right to be considered for this job next year. I don't necessarily think that he should be given it instantly right now in this moment, like without any other consideration there should be other consideration just because there should be like Michael's saying, you know, you go out and you get an OC that maybe has other ideas to get Allen involved in ways that we haven't seen before. You don't know what's out there. You got to go see what's out there. But I also will say that for those thinking Joe Brady was limiting yesterday and maybe do it, agree towards the end. He was, we're going we're gonna to talk about that in a little bit here, but um, you know, I wonder how much more he could have done with a full offseason and a full opportunity to implement things that just weren't capable of being done in such a short time span uh, in which he was given to take this team over. So we don't know if there's a whole lot more to be discovered with Joe Brady um, and time will tell there. If he does get the gig, I would imagine he does. Allen already, of course, gave him the endorsement. I just see them going that direction. It just seems like something they're going to do would do will do, but I do hope that they go out and are willing to interview other candidates just to see what's out there and what that looks like. Um, Because I'm open to anything. I thought Joe Brady was great. I'd be fine with the hire. And I certainly think he would be deserving of it. If they gave it to him, I would not have any trepidations towards, um, uh, you know, the Pagoulas or Brandon Bean for making that move. But I'm more than willing to see what else is out there and, 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 and see what that could mean. Um, because we've seen time and time again, each and every year, what, what the season results in. So I'm always going to be open to new things that hopefully end up being that much bit, you know, bit more of a difference that could be the ultimate difference. Cause as I keep saying with the chiefs, they just have that little bit of difference. Every year, just that little bit of difference. If the Bills can keep honing in on that, but I think that Joe Brady could be that that piece. If he gets a full off season,
1: who knows what else there is to discover with him? Um, and I want to talk about more. We're gonna get through all these super chats, and
0: then we're gonna get into the more specifics of the game. I know I keep saying that, but there's a ton of super chats. Um, but I want to talk about Joe Brady in particular in a little bit, and in, uh, and in, in the um. Uh, the game, the game plan yesterday. Shout out Az with the super chat. Appreciate you, Mike coming in saying they have to trade Digs, get value while they can. I, I don't know what's going to happen with Digs. I know the contract's pretty ironclad. I don't know if they're going to be able to trade him. I, I don't. I don't even know if that's possible. I would have to look at it again. But I know that it's a really difficult contract to get out of on either side. I don't know if that's on the table, and I don't know what they're going to do. I don't know what they're going to do. I don't know what he wants. I don't know what they want. I don't know. It's a very odd situation.
1: Um I also, you know, I wonder what the what what the what the end game is here. Wide receiver speaking. Because they
0: don't got a lot going on there right now. They don't got a lot going on in the wide receiver locker room at all. I understand Diggs hasn't done much at the end of the year here. Didn't do much yesterday at all. Could argue maybe cost us a little bit yesterday, right? Maybe a lot of it. Who knows? But he's still their best option by a wide margin. Um, So I don't know. It's going to be an interesting offseason. With the cap situation, the amount of free agents, the Diggs element will be interesting. I don't think it really – I don't know what it comes up just because of his contract. I don't know if we see anything jarring there. I would lean –
1: more heavily towards no, but who the hell knows who knows where he's at? Cause I getting
0: rid of him. Is a, I, I, that doesn't seem like it's going to be feasible when it comes to this cap situation, unless something gets figured out on the other end with another team. I don't know how all that works. Once again, that's something for the off season. We'll certainly dive into because eh, that's all we got to look forward to right now. All right, January 22nd, off-season time. Yay! Favorite time of the year. Talking about what can they do next year so this shit doesn't happen again. Just not healthy enough, says Mitchell. And we need a wide receiver, too. A young one and some youth in the back end of, my sec- of the secondary, in my opinion. Yeah. They're, they should just, they need to draft at least, like, three receivers in this draft in various rounds. I mean, I, you gotta just start taking cracks you have to I mean good on Shakiri. really came along he wound up being one of the most reliable options for this team which is crazy because I don't think anybody saw that coming you're gonna need more of that you're just gonna need more of that and I don't know if Gabe Davis comes back I would guess he probably doesn't he said to the media yesterday or maybe it was this morning who the hell knows I'm losing track of time it was probably this morning but he said he's um He's open to coming back to the team, but he also anticipates hitting free agency. I don't know if they bring him back. There's a big part of me that thinks they don't. So that's your quote unquote wide receiver two right now. He could be gone. We don't know what's going to go on with Stephon Diggs. No one knows. No, I don't. I mean, what does he know? What does the team know? I don't know. <laughs> they gotta just start taking lottos on on, on wide receivers because it's <laughs> that's. That's the biggest area of concern right now in my in my eyes. And then yeah, you look at the secondary Micah Hyde and Jordan Poyer very very soon to be gone, could be as gone as soon as this year you'd think. It kind of felt like it was a farewell speech yesterday when those two took the podium post game. It it really did feel like that was a goodbye. Um they didn't they didn't close out the idea of coming back, but it the way you, if you go and listen to it, it just there there felt like a finality to it. And it wouldn't shock anybody if it was. And that's a big roll, two rolls,
1: two big clown shoe-sized sneakers to fill. So I agree with you. I agree with you, Mitch. Rich saying, love you, Z-Bot. Glad I
0: found you, brother. It's therapeutic watching and listening to you. Super Bowl parade will entail a ton of champagne and nose beers said rich yeah it'll be nutty man it'll be nutty much love rich i'm glad you found me as well i appreciate you having you i appreciate having your brother big time um yeah yeah that'll be nuts i'm lucky i survived that week if that happens i want i just want i don't even care if i do i just want to experience it oh one of these days
1: There's always next year, says the Bills fan. Nothing I hate more, though, than the guy on Twitter, like five minutes after
0: the game ends and the season is over and the Bills lose in a heartbreaking fashion again.
1: And they're like, don't worry, gang. We still got next year. They're not going anywhere. Love my team. And it's like the game ended
0: like 45 seconds ago. And you're like, yo, can I just hate myself for 20 minutes before we get into that talk? Like, can I just hate my
1: life for 20 minutes before we start getting all positive? Is that too much to ask? (laughs) Don't worry, gang. Chin up. We still got 17. You know, it's like, oh, I don't want to hear it right now. I want to be sick. It's like every year, It's, it's every year. They will do it. I know it. I can feel it in my, I mean, I'm just making shit up. I feel like I just see it everywhere. I'm all about, I mean, I'm all about positivity, but eh, maybe I'm not. (laughs) I don't know. Give me a couple days at least to just hate everything and everybody. How about the guy who got the Bill's Super Bowl tattoo the other day? Did you see this? Did you see the guy who got the the, 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 the Bill's Super Bowl tattoo a couple of days ago and he was in the stands crying after the game? I don't know if that was a fever dream or if I actually saw that. I guess it could be worse. You could have gotten the tat. I could have gotten the tat two days
0: early and be sitting here with it. I guess it could be worse. I mean my man was crying his eyes out.
1: What was the what was the thought process there? Holy shit, how do you do that? And then the dude crying on the TV. I'm lucky that wasn't me. I didn't cry. No. What's that Ariana Grande song? Ain't got no tears left to cry. I really don't. I got no more tears left to cry. I've cried them all. I'm out of tears. I'm out of tears. I'm saving my final tears for some positive tears. Good
0: tears. That poor bastard, though. They caught him good, the cameras. I mean, he was. He was all of us. Whether you were doing doing it externally or internally, he was all of us. I mean, he's taking a beat down on social, that poor guy. But damn it. Damn it all. That was all of us
1: inside or out. I don't care if you were doing it for real or you were doing it internally. And that was my my heart was looking like that dude. I think that was the perfect embodiment of where
0: we were in that game, and that was everyone had their highest hopes for that game, so I understand letting the emotions get the best of you because it's just you had to have had the best you had to have had the most confidence you've had in a while, and you had to have thought this was it, this was the chance, and it all just comes to an end, and sometimes you just.
1: Uh you just you get you, you get emotional, man.
0: Craig McDowell, you are right about JA's legacy. This makes me so angry. Number fifteen has Reed, Kelsey, Spags, Veach to support him, and who do the Bills have? Let's be real: a bunch of slightly above replacement level support. That's a real thing. It's a real thing. I mean, you can go on Twitter and pretend that the that the QB win stat doesn't exist. You can go on Twitter and pretend it's a team game and it'll all be remembered as such. You can do all that. You're not necessarily wrong, but that's not the way it's going to be viewed. It's not the way it's going to be discussed. It's not the way it's going to be remembered. It's the harsh reality of this business. And as it's going right now, history is not going to be very kind to Josh Allen. And it's unfortunate because if you lived through it and watched it, you'll understand that it should have been very kind to him. And you're gonna look back, and you're gonna see the other guy, you know, fifteen in red. He's gonna to be touted as Brady for throughout the rest of history, as as time goes on here. Um, him and Brady. I mean, it, it happens now. They're mentioned in the same breath all the time, all the time. And um. And you know, and and Allen, if they make the 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 Jordan documentary of Mahomes, Allen's going to be a big part of that. He'll be a
1: big centerpiece in that, right? For all the wrong reasons, and it's not even his fault. It's
0: just the shit. It's this. It's the shitty reality of what it is. But it is. It is what it is. There's no other way to put it. Az saying, "Hey, I'll just keep it simple tonight. Just wanted to say thank you for uh, thank you so much for a great podcast season. Big Bill fan from Toronto. Me and my two boys love the show. Great work." We'll get there one day. Much love, AZ. Shout out to uh, to you and the boys up in Toronto. I appreciate you tuning in all year, AZ. Really do. And, um, and yep, one day. That's the tattoo we, that everybody should get. Screw going and getting a, a Super Bowl tattoo two days before the divisional round. Go and get the one-day tattoo because that'll be relevant.
1: That's the more likely to be relevant than the Super Bowl tattoo. Let's all just go get one of these days tattoos. Bill's man coming in. We'd be eight and nine. We'd be an eight and nine win team if we didn't have JA-17. I mean, yeah, if that, if. Shit, they were almost an eight and nine team with them this year. Think about it. I think eight and nine's honest to God. It's probably generous without him. It's probably, it's probably pretty damn generous, honestly. But it's his fault. Assuredly, it's Josh Allen's fault. And by the way, that we're not, he's not being, he's not being given blame or,
0: It's not that he doesn't deserve criticism and blame. You know, do I need to keep explaining myself? I do this all the time on here. You know, it's not that he isn't deserving of blame. It's that I see the constant 100% blame game on Josh
1: Allen being spewed by a bunch of morons all the time. And it's crazy. Like, can I give you an example? Let me give you an example. I actually, this happened last night and I I had to turn it off.
0: I literally like reached for the dial and turn it off. I don't do this often. Me and dad, me and my dad driving back from Buffalo, got the radio on. And I don't know who the hell this guy was. Some late night radio guy. I never heard of him before. It's like 1 a.m. So I have no idea what's going on. It's a radio guy. And he's talking about the games and he goes, yeah, And once again, Josh Allen craps down his leg. And I'm like, dude, turn this guy the hell off. Like, who gives this guy a job? That's your takeaway? That was his takeaway from the game. No discussion about what the game entailed, what Josh Allen did in that game. That was his takeaway. Josh Allen crapped down his leg. And if that's your takeaway from that and this is a guy paid to sit behind a
1: microphone and talk about sports. That's something. Isn't that incredible? Like what what happened to I don't know. What happened to not being like a human tweet? You know what I mean? That's a that's like a human tweet. Just, it's so stupid. Um, Dominique, the two things he didn't do are the difference between
0: him and Mahomes and Burrow, though. He missed the biggest moments of the game, even fumbled. See, this is fair. And we're going to talk about that later on in, in, in a minute here when we really get into the ins and outs of
1: um the game itself. This is fair. And it's certainly... Uh, a contribution to the loss
0: which is why i just was saying it's not like he is completely dissolved of um it's not like he's completely bulletproof to criticism and there's certainly criticism to be dealt out to him last night but i felt as though if the game was a 100% um progress bar meter i thought josh allen hit about 94 nine, 95% on that on that meter. If it was a video game and you had to get to a hundred, it feels like Josh Allen got to about 90, 95% last night. Um, but yep, you're right. The last drive is where that final 10, 5, 10% was left on the board for sure. Um and it is, it is really the it's truly the difference. I also just think that it's tough to pinpoint that And what I was talking about throughout the night here, as far as the blame on Allen, it's tough to pinpoint that as the sole reason for the loss when everybody ignores all the other things that happened and also ignores the reason why Josh Allen got to that 90, 95%. They just focus
1: on the five, 10%. That's what's really bothering to me. And I hate that. Um, Josh saying, we would have been destroyed if Phil
0: Rivers was our quarterback last night, but whatever, same result, I guess. Thanks for going to the game, Bob. That must have hurt. Oh, it did. Uh, No, it wouldn't have been the same result, I would say, if Philip Rivers was our quarterback. I don't think Philip Rivers is rushing for uh, 72 yards and two touchdowns. I'm not comparing Josh Allen to Philip Rivers at all. They're two completely different types of quarterback. I mean, Philip Rivers is a big, massive massive pocket presence, just ripping it down the field type guy. I mean, I used to love watching Philip Rivers play. Josh Allen is not really like anybody else we've seen. It's not a fair comparison. I'm more so comparing it to the outcome of their teams. I mean, if you go and look at the comparison between the Chargers and the Bills currently when they were under Allen and when they were under uh, Philip Rivers, they're very comparable. It's unfortunate. It's insanely unfortunate that that's the comparison because everybody remembers those Chargers as the biggest,
1: you know, do nothing with no one's done less with more in history, really. That's that's what it is. But I, I don't
0: find those two to be comparable as far as quarterbacks are concerned. But when you're talking about the team in which those two quarterbacks were manning the ship and those comparisons, it's unfortunate. But it's true that, that, that the comparisons are dead on right now. James he's saying great therapy talk Z my Lake Erie Super Bowl. Hope is now over cheering for lions. Now who you're rooting for? Yep. I'm on it with you rooting for the lions. No doubt. I'm sure that fairy tale come to an end though. The winner is coming out of the AFC. In my opinion, I'm rooting for the lions and for that fan base. No doubt. Winner of this super bowl is the winner of the AFC championship Sunday afternoon. In my opinion, I, I don't see Brock Purdy the way he, they should have lost to the Packers. Uh, so I, I, I don't trust it. I don't, we don't know the status of Debo either. I, I it's a great football team. they certainly could win it, but I just think the AFC this year has got it. The winner of the AFC championship on Sunday
1: wins the Super Bowl, in my opinion, either one, either one of them uh Metallica fan 88 JA 17, the
0: best Bill's QB player of all time, no doubt. I mean he's going to be on the short list.
1: And he'll certainly have the stats. It's probably heading in that direction. But what's the legacy going to have attached to it? Uh, I just, I mean, I honestly got it. at this point. It's almost like you hope for it for his sake more than you hope it for your own. Zahn saying, Bills fans must be tired
0: with the same playoff loss against the Chiefs' kingdom. Bills keep losing, but Bills played better all year. Yeah, I mean, that's the difference. The Chiefs are better when it counts. The Chiefs do the little things in the little moments that matter the most. The Bills do not. So to say, is it tiring? Yeah, it's exhausting. It's unbearably tiring. Three of the last four years, this is what it is. It's unbelievable. I mean, I feel like that's been the the general
1: theme of this entire three hours on here tonight. It's uh, it's 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 indescribable how
0: insane it is, and it's just a massive, massive credit to the Chiefs. It's uh, it's uh, it's historic shit, unprecedented. I, I mean, I have all the respect in the world. I hate it. But, man, do I have all the respect in the world for it. It's something else. It's just something else. All right, that's all the Super Chats. So, finally, after going on two hours, 45 minutes, by the way, we can get into the the intricacies of this game. I can't believe that. Man, shout out for all the Super Chats, because I remember saying let's get into the Super Chats first, and all this time went
1: by. So, let's talk about the game blow for blow here. Um, where am I here? Okay, before we do that, uh,
0: hit the like and subscribe if you could. We'll have a ton of stuff going on throughout the offseason, so you're gonna want to hit subscribe so we can talk about how we get over the hump. How do the bills get over the hump? How do the bills take that next leap? How do the bills get to the promised land? Of course, we're gonna have to talk about it all offseason, so hit subscribe and uh, bet us, of course, smoke break. Powered by BetUS. Link in the description below, 125% sign up bonus. Click on it, make sure to take advantage of it and get in on the action for the championship weekend. And of course, the Super Bowl, as well as all the other markets available props, parlays, teasers, you name it, it's on there. And of course, that awesome Super Bowl giveaway they're doing with the tickets. You can get in on that as well and enter um, through all the information I gave. To you earlier, to scroll back, not all that long ago. Check that out and make sure to enter to win those tickets and take advantage of this 125% sign-up bonus in the link in the description below via BetUS. All right,
1: so let's talk about a few themes of this game yesterday, okay? So the theme of this game, there was a lot of them. There was a lot of them, right? The theme was first...
0: First road game for the Bills or for Patrick Mahomes versus Josh Allen finally getting to play Patrick Mahomes in his home building, right? That was one of the themes going into it. One of the themes going into it was you got two defenses that are more than likely going to set the tone for this game compared to what would be the obvious answer when you're looking at these two quarterbacks. And that's the tone being set by this high flying, up and down the field type offense. At least that's how I saw it. I thought the theme of the game was going to be low scoring and. A defensive struggle type game it was a little bit it also wasn't it was kind of a mix some of the game it felt like it was other portions it certainly did not um overall though it felt like going into this game the bills were going to want to control the clock keep the ball away from the homes and um and try to get their defense off the field as much as possible because of how banged up they were. And that's why I felt like it was going to be lower scoring because it didn't feel like there was going to be a ton of emphasis on trying to go up and down the field as quickly as possible. It felt like the benefit for these Bills would be to play the game that they've been playing pretty much the last couple of months here, and that's ground and pound, move your ball, move the ball down the field incrementally, and really dominate time of possession, score points that way and get out of there with a win. Uh, Let's talk about the game plan itself offensively. That exactly what I just said was the game plan. The game plan for this game was exactly that. The game plan was to run the football because the Kansas City Chiefs came into this game, I think ranked 28th in the league in yards per carry defensively. So their weakest element of their defense was stopping the run. The bills also knew how banged up their defense was, and it would certainly be beneficial to them to not have that defense out against Patrick Mahomes for more than than it needed to be. Right. And it also felt like these games that the bills play against this team always come down to the final couple of snaps and it would be beneficial to the bills to, uh, really control the way the game was played from the onset so that they had the ability to limit the amount of opportunities Mahomes was going to get, whether early or late in the game. Um, It really just felt like the emphasis was to kill the clock, hold on to the ball, and run away with this game and hide. And early on, it felt like they were going to be able to do that. The way that the offense was working for the Bills as well as the way it wasn't working maybe for the Chiefs getting down the field, not being able to capitalize with touchdowns, whereas the Buffalo Bills were able to get off to uh, you know, two incredible early, early drives that resulted in uh, one touchdown, one field goal. But early, it felt like with the two field goals that the, Bill, the Bills held the Chiefs to that it was going to be a, a formula that was going to work during the evening. Until, of course, it did. The game plan is getting ripped to shreds today, I've noticed. Everyone's hating on the game plan, and they're saying that you got Josh Allen. You should be slinging it down the field. You got this quarterback who's got an unreal arm. He's unreal throwing the football. We all know all that, right? I don't understand why the game plan is getting attacked today. And I think if the Bills win this game, you don't hear a word about the, the, the game plan not being uh a solid one i loved the game plan i loved the game plan in fact i thought the game plan was as good of a game plan as you could have had for this type of game the way that it was set up where you know your defense is incredibly banged up and could really benefit from not being on the field and you know that mahomes is susceptible to dominating this game if he has ample opportunities to go and do so the bills had also been running the ball exceptionally well and knew the chief's biggest liability defensively was stopping the run it felt like a game plan that made a ton of sense and it was also a game plan that really was executed very well up until the end and that's why everybody today i think is hating on it because they diverted away from, they, re, they reverted back to a different type of Bills offense at the end. They diverged from what they were doing during the game and did something what felt like completely different at the end. That's what I hated about it. That's what I understand hating about it. Hating the game plan in
1: itself, though, I don't know. I, I really, really liked it. And let's talk about why. Okay, blind, blind game
0: test, right? Blind, uh, what do you think happened? Type test, like
1: like I like to do on here, based on the numbers. Okay, if I told you, and this is is, say I come up to you Saturday night, and I'm a I'm a I'm a wizard,
0: I'm a wizard. You just that just summoned out of the out of your light bulb or some shit, and you're sitting there. And I say, um, I'm going to tell you the fate of the Bills game tomorrow, but not tell you the score. And you're like, oh, my
1: God. Okay, tell me. And I say to you that Josh Allen has three total touchdowns.
0: Josh Allen rushes for 72 yards. The Buffalo Bills do not turn the football over. In fact, the
1: Buffalo Bills win the turnover battle. Josh Allen doesn't get sacked once.
0: The Buffalo Bills outgain the Kansas City Chiefs. The Buffalo Bills run nearly 80 plays
1: to Kansas City's 47. And perhaps the craziest thing of all, the Buffalo Bills have 37 minutes of possession to Casey's 23. How do you feel about the Bills' chances in that game? Me personally, where's the dotted line? Where's the pen? Where do I sign? I'm signing up for all that because to me, All of those things would be keys to victory, in my opinion. If I know
0: Josh Allen's getting three touchdowns on the day, he doesn't turn the ball over. They were undefeated this season when they didn't turn the ball
1: over. I'm getting nearly 15 minutes more time of possession double the amount of plays, more yards. I'd think we were in pretty good shape. I don't know how you couldn't. But once again, the numbers do not reflect the outcome of the game.
0: Sometimes they do. Sometimes they don't. They say numbers don't lie. Well, sometimes numbers lie because if you were to look at those numbers you'd probably think that the Bills got out of there with a win but you have to add context to
1: those numbers and within that context come the Kansas City Chiefs who dominated in the limited opportunities that they get that they were given
0: so It would seem as though if I have 15 minutes more time of possession, double the plays, right? I controlled the game. The difference was even though the Chiefs had significantly less plays and significantly less time with the ball, they did significantly more with less. The Buffalo Bills in nearly 80 plays had zero plays go for 20 plus yards
1: with nearly half the amount of plays for the Kansas City Chiefs, they had eight. So once again, you'll look at the recap of the game, the box score,
0: where it just seems like the team stats, stats all but point to a Bills win. And when you add context, you understand why it didn't. Because even though the Bills had 78 plays to KC's 47, And even though they had nearly 15 minutes more in time of possession, the limited time of possession is all KC needed. It's all they needed.
1: And even though the Bills had more, it took them significantly longer to do more with it. Now, I like the way that they approached
0: it, but the 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 reality really is: if you're going to play the game that way, you have to capitalize. Even one or two drives where you don't you're screwed. And that's pretty much what happened. When you are running eight, nine minutes off the clock every drive and you don't come up with points, it's a total waste. Total waste. Even a field goal ends up being a total waste. And it just felt like one or two punts in that game, you're screwed.
1: And that's really wound up being what wound up being the difference. We look at what the Chiefs had offensively here. 22 minutes, 47
0: plays. And let's just put into context what they did with that time, what they did with those plays. Okay. Like I said, eight plays of 20 plus
1: yards in those 47 plays. The passing game looks pretty pedestrian for Mahomes,
0: right? Given his standards. 17 to 23, 215 yards, two touchdowns. You go deeper,
1: Mahomes was averaging nearly 10 yards a throw. Nearly a first down a throw. MVS, milk carton all year long. right heard a lot of bitching about him all year long being in a you know an
0: issue for the chiefs costing them games only two catches 62
1: yards the catch of the game maybe the catch of the playoffs oh fuck kelsey who's really had a tough time being himself what we're used to from him. Best game he's had in probably two months. Really dominated the Bills when he was given
0: a chance. Six targets, five catches, 75 yards, two touchdowns, one of which was wide the
1: hell open. Wide open. He was was the X-Factor that he hadn't been in a while for these Chiefs. Of course he was. Against the Bills. And then the guy that was missing the last time these Bills played the Chiefs, Isaiah Pacheco. Wasn't
0: in for the Bills game the last time the Bills went up against him. And uh, that looks like it might have been a big difference. Because he comes out here... Rattling off 97 yards on only 15 carries, six and a half yards, a clip for Isaiah Pacheco. Chiefs offensive line wasn't the greatest throughout the year. The tackles are certainly having their struggles, and it felt like that was going to be an advantage for the Bills defensive line, which was the strong suit of this defense going into this game being as banged up as they were. They didn't get any pressure on Mahomes at all, all game long. He had as much time as he wanted back there to throw the football. They also ran the ball at will. They had no pressure in the pass game or in the run game to dictate anything the, the Chiefs offense was doing. They could do whatever they wanted all game long. And even though the box score is light, it does add up when you look at the amount of time that they had and what they did
1: with the time that they did have. It's pretty crazy. They pretty much scored every single opportunity they were given they only punted one time and they as well never turned the
0: the, the ball over until late in the game which it didn't really end up mattering cuz the bills went three
1: and out right after the fumble was overturned so when you run the game
0: plan the bills did which i understood and i i liked you're anticipating the Chiefs offense not being as dominant as they were in a twenty two minute time span. You're anticipating that you get at least two
1: at least two stops defensively, maybe three. They punted the ball one time, and it wasn't until the fourth quarter. So the offense could hold on to the ball as long as they wanted. The reality is that. It doesn't matter how long you hold on to
0: the ball because the Chiefs still have to get it at some point and every time they got it, they scored instantly. The best example is right out of the half. The Bills go into half up 17 to 13 and if the defense was going to make any difference at all
1: in this football game and set the tone for the second half, it was going to be that drive. And instead,
0: it wound up being the uh, the exact opposite. That was the drive that set the tone for the Chiefs in their offense in the second half. They went right down the field. They scored within about three minutes. And that of course was the drive that, fe- that featured the MVS catch down the right sideline. That was the play of the game offensively for the Chiefs. And it really was in that moment where you felt like the bills were going to be in trouble, even though they really dictated the first half kind of felt like they were kind of controlling things a bit more than the, the Chiefs were, you knew as soon as that second half kicked off and that offense went down and did what they did on that drive as quickly and
1: easily as they did, they were going to be in some trouble. And that really wound up being the case. Um, I thought what the Chiefs offense did yesterday was incredibly impressive. Because they really hadn't shown the ability to do it like that in a while here. You know, they really hadn't had the, uh, they really hadn't showcased the ability
0: to do that consistently in a game over the last couple of months, but hey, sure as shit, when it mattered the most,
1: the lights were the brightest. And of course, against the bills, they did it. They found a way. Um, And you got to give them credit, man. You got to give them credit.
0: Defense banged up. Sure. Injured. Sure. Yep but they made it
1: look easy. I mean, they made it look real easy up and down the field. I was pretty taken back
0: by their ability to do it. Like I said earlier in the show, I just thought that there was a switch that they did not have the ability to flip because they hadn't flipped it all year, but they made us all look dumb, didn't they? And they, they, they're they good at doing that. You know, I don't know why. Every time you doubt them, they just, it doesn't matter. I, it's amazing. We, you still doubt them. I still doubt them. Everybody still doubts them.
1: And why? They prove you wrong every time. The offense, I thought, did enough to win this game. And it
0: really came down to the defense's inability to get a stop at all throughout the duration of the football game up until late. But at that point, <laughs> then, of course, the offense sputters out, right?
1: That's when the offense couldn't do anything. And they have to punt the ball a few times. And uh, and they all of a sudden can't run the ball. And they all of a sudden can't get a first down. Um. The game plan, to me, felt like it was one
0: that made sense and could, got, could have gotten them a win. And it, it, to me, that's exactly what it was. It did make sense. It did work to me. And I think it could have gotten them a win. Everybody today is saying, oh, well, why didn't they let Josh Allen throw it down the field ball? I mean, his average completion was 4.8 yards. And, um, you know, they really weren't trying much down the field. It, nothing was open. They didn't have anything open, it seemed. And when they did, it was dropped. He had two unreal dime uh, bombs from Allen dropped by Diggs and, and, and dropped by Sherfield. Wasn't like they didn't try. I liked the underneath thing. They were moving the sticks that way. It wasn't like it wasn't working. I mean, they had 182 yards on the ground. They ran it 39 times. They threw it 39 times. It was dead, even, down the middle, balanced. It's what this team has been. I love it. I love the balance, and it was working. Everybody wants to act today like it wasn't working because it didn't work on the final drive. Yes, that cost them, but doing what they did in this game, they still scored more in this game against that Chiefs defense than they did in the last game, and they only scored 20
1: in the last game, and that was enough to win, and they could have scored more in this one. Just (laughs) We all know how the end went. Despite
0: taking the underneath all game long, despite running the game all uh, ball all game long, they still moved the ball and still scored more points than they did in a winning effort against the same chiefs team uh, a month and a half ago. And everybody wants to see Allen slinging it all over the field and stubble. That's not what this team was towards the end of the year. And maybe that's what they need to get back to. And maybe that's, what's going to be the difference at some point, if they can get back to that in a, in a way that makes sense, in a way that works. But the way that this team was winning towards the end was doing what they were doing yesterday. So to all of a sudden hate it because it didn't work in the final drive, I have a tough time with. But here's what I really had a tough time with when it came to that final drive. They weren't
1: doing what got them there in the first place. At the very end, I should say. They were doing it in the beginning of the drive. Throughout the
0: game, they were throwing Dinking dunks pretty much all night. Screen routes, getting the running backs involved, curl patterns, really just working it down the field. And then, of course, a whole lot of James Cook running it, Josh Allen running it, Ty Johnson getting involved. I thought he had a real effective game for the Bills on only seven carries. It was just a whole lot of incrementally moving the ball, Right? and then capping it off with points. Now, at the end of the game, they were struggling to move the football because the Chiefs had did a good job of moving up the defense and taking away the Bills' ability to run it. But it didn't end up costing them. Crazy enough, the Bills somehow at the end of this game had the ability to have the ball in their hands with a chance to either tie or win it, somehow. Think about how improbable that was. The Bills go for that god-awful fake punt, horrendous decision. That was the worst coaching uh, decision of the entire night. And it somehow doesn't burn them. Nicole Hardman somehow isn't down, fumbles that ball out of the back of the end zone. It's one of the more obscure rules in the sport. And that's a touchback, and it's Bill's ball. And it didn't look – I didn't have the benefit of the TV angle because I was at the game, but on the Jumbotron – it did not look conclusive enough based on what I've known from this. Uh, the way the, uh, the the officiating works in the review process, it didn't seem like there was enough conclusive evidence. Therefore, they would have went with the call on the field and they overturned it. Everyone in that stadium was stunned. So you don't get screwed on the fake punt that somehow did not cost you. That was a guaranteed touchdown for the Chiefs there. If that doesn't happen, that would have put the Chiefs up 10. That would have been the ball game. It would have been game over right there. Lights out. It's over. But all game long, my dad and I just kept saying this Bills D is getting shredded. They don't have anything that's going to be able to stop them. The only thing you can hope for is a turnover. They need a turnover. They need a break. They need a break. And they got it in the most improbable way. In the most improbable way you could have imagined on the one yard line, a fumble out of the back of the end zone, where Hardman's knee was one millimeter, like millimeters, 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 centimeters of a millimeter, the, the, the smallest fraction you could possibly imagine from being down. That was the break, an improbable break. They got it. And they immediately went three and out. So then again, you're thinking it's over right there. It's over. You can't do anything there. You can't take advantage of that. Then there's just no way you don't got it tonight. And then Sam Martin lines
1: up to punt, and it's a shank. Shank. Right? Terrible. And somehow, some way, as this game's about to come to a
0: close towards the end, the Bills finally force their first punt of the night. The Chiefs are right around midfield, could certainly have gotten over the midfield line into scoring territory and really put this game away. The Bills defense stepped up in a huge moment, something they could not do all night long. They finally got a stop, finally hit
1: Mahomes, finally forced a punt. Here's your chance. By the grace of God,
0: with the Chiefs getting incredible starting field position and with the Chiefs being on the
1: goal line, you still are only down three, have the ball in your hands, and
0: can go and take the lead or tie this game. Bills get the ball with over eight minutes left and they would do what they've done all game long, and that's incrementally move the ball down the field, destroy the clock, and move the sticks. They had that ball with over eight minutes left in the game, and they would bring it all the way down
1: to the two-minute warning inside of opponent territory. And this, to me, is where... They went away from what their identity was
0: all night long. And I think it really wound up costing them the football game. I think this next sequence here out of everything was the biggest reason the
1: bills lost this football game. So moving the ball, moving the ball, the heading that
0: awesome fourth and three, uh, three conversion from Khalil Shakir coming out of the backfield which was amazing in its own right based on the fact that I thought his night was done and he came back out of the locker room and made that play. Great play design, schemed him up wide open. They're moving the ball exactly like they were moving it earlier in the game. They get it down to around the 30 yard line or so, right? And here you go. This is where it's going to be either won or lost. And you know a few things are at hand here. You know, Tyler Bass hasn't been kicking it all that great. You know, the weather could potentially play a factor in the kick the farther out you're you're at. You know that even if you do end up kicking it here, the more time you leave, the more it's not even going to matter whether you make it or not, because, you know, for a fact Mahomes with two timeouts left and about two minutes to play is going to go down and get them in field goal range. And Harrison Bucker is going to make it. He is the better field goal kicker by a mile. So you got to play this just right, and you know what happens when you don't. You'll lose. You've been on the losing end of it in the worst way possible before. So you're doing a great job of killing that clock, and you bring it down to the two-minute warning. You run James Cook into a wall, and it's second and nine. Okay, now here's where you got to get creative. They went away from what they were doing all game, and that was moving the ball in front of the sticks to get beyond the sticks. Short passes, passes to the running back, Josh Allen running the ball, designing runs for him both inside and outside. What do they do? They take a shot at the end zone, and on third down, Josh Allen rolls to his right and throws it 100 yards out of bounds. Everyone today is saying they under, you know, the the throw to Shakir was the right read and that it might, it very well might have been. In my opinion, I did not like the decision at all. The decision to go to Diggs on that play to me is the best decision available 10 out of 10 times. Why? Because even if Shakir scores a touchdown there, you still are giving Mahomes and Allen, or excuse me, Mahomes and the Chiefs around two minutes to go down and score a touchdown with two timeouts. Now it's a lot tougher to do than going and and just getting a field goal. But the way the chiefs were moving the ball on the bills defense all day. Do you really feel like that was a crazy possibility? No, but I, I, but you're thinking you're still feeling good about it. That I get fine. But The Bills weren't, that wasn't their game plan all game long, taking shots like that. It had not been working. Down the field had not been working. They had not had a single play over 20 yards. It just was not working. They went away from what was working. In that moment, not only do you stop the clock, you don't gain any yards at all, so you don't add any benefit to the kicker in that situation at all, knowing that every yard's going to count in that situation for Tyler Bass. You don't keep the clock moving. You don't get any closer to the sticks to try to bring that clock all the way down. You have two goals on this drive, obviously to score that's priority, but you also wanted to bring that clock down as much as you possibly could. And you know that that's what they were trying to do because that's exactly what they were doing until they weren't. And when you look at Stefan Diggs on that play, he is not only wide open and is guaranteed to get the first down, but if he does catch the ball and Allen goes to him, You get the first down, and that either exhausts another timeout from the Chiefs or that burns the clock down to about a minute 15. And not only that, say things hit the skids and the Bills don't end up finding a way into the end zone from there, that turns that 42-ish yard field goal into about what? A 30-yard
1: field goal? And I think Bass makes the 30-yard field goal. or at least he has a much better chance to do so.
0: They went away from what their identity was in that game. Their identity was not taking shots at the end zone. It just felt like anytime they took a shot in that game,
1: it didn't work, whether it was, doesn't matter whose fault it was. It was somebody's fault at any given time. It did not
0: seem very self-aware of the situation. It's a very high-risk, high-reward play the Bills were playing low risk, low reward play, stacking their winnings and cashing them in for bigger winnings at the end of these drives. That felt like it was putting all your chips in the center of the table type play. It's not how the Bills were playing their hand all night long. And to go that different in that moment, I I, I hated it. It felt like going for the first down made way, way, way more sense in that moment than going for the touchdown there. I understand why he did it. I understand the read was open. I understand if he wasn't thrown off by Chris Jones or whatever the hell happened there as to why he he didn't get it to where it needed to go. I understand it could have been the play of the game. I do. But The reason I'm saying but, right, and the reason I under, I'm saying it, what could have been, it's because it goes back to what I just said. High risk, high reward. We're talking about what the reward of that could have been, but it was a real risky throw in that moment. I'm not necessarily saying the throw itself was risky because Shakir was wide open, but the moment itself, that that play is risky. Taking no time off the clock, you're not moving the ball forward at all to help your kicker out. And now you're putting yourself back into third down position,
1: third and long. It just wasn't what they were doing all night long And then third down. I don't even know what that was. It was a blown up it was a blown play. Just a blown play, nothing open. Allen
0: had nothing, tried to make something. There was nothing to be made, chucked it out of bounds. And then that, that brings you to fourth down. You don't gain another yard. You don't gain another yard. You don't take another second off the clock. You couldn't have ended that drive worse. So yes, that's where I believe Allen is to be blamed in this game. That portion of it, certainly. So when we get into, you know, Fair share of blame here, fair share of blame there. This drive, in my opinion, falls on the shoulders of Allen. At the end, i I a hundred percent think that. Now it will be blown up to the nth degree because it was the final drive, and I understand it. But I, to 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 put
1: all the blame on Allen in this game is insane to me. Um. I don't know how you could possibly have that mindset,
0: nor do I think that it's even a a fair argument. I mean, we've been over
1: this all night long, but to uh, to shield him from any blame in this game would not be fair.
0: Like I said, the status bar meter filled to about ninety ninety five percent, and usually that's about as good as you can get, and usually that is about all you need to win. But here's the deal. And it's it's the reason why it makes it even tougher to, to to put blame on Allen at all, right? Is that 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 he has to hit that hundred he has to hit that hundred meter on the status bar for them to win. You know, most teams, it feels like can get away with a couple of errors with their quarterback and still get out of there alive. I mean, like yesterday, it wasn't Mahomes, but they still got away with an error and got out of there alive. Right? They still are. The Chiefs fumble a ball on the goal line in the fourth quarter and turn the ball over and still get out of there alive.
1: It feels like these teams can afford these errors, whereas the Bills can't, you know, in these big moments. So the shitty thing is Josh Allen up until
0: that point did everything he could have possibly done. And you want to know what the other thing is too, is that he's getting the blame in this situation for this drive and deservingly. So to me, that that was the wrong read. I was not what I would have done, nor was it what I think should have been done or what I think was the best decision in that moment. But at the end of the day, the truth of the matter is he did get them down in field goal range for a chance to tie that game and extend the game. He did. So even though we're blaming him on this drive for the outcome being what it was,
1: the result still ended up being an opportunity for these bills to tie the ball game. So it's tough. Let's talk about Tyler Bass. Feel bad for the kid. Feel bad for the kid. It just felt like before you're even,
0: before it even got kicked, it just felt like he was going to miss it. I don't know what it was going into this week. We all had a weird feeling, didn't we? We all had a weird feeling that it was, it was going to come down to Tyler Bass. We even talked about it last week. You're like, would you feel confident? And I said, I would feel confident, but not nearly as confident as I was. I would feel if, if I had a kicker like Harrison Bucker. And I think that showed yesterday
1: when Bucker kicked it, he kicked it with vengeance. And that baby was down the stripes. He, he that kick wasn't close. I was sitting right behind the goalpost, and it wasn't even close. And
0: of course, it's wide right now. That means nothing to me. I think it's so stupid. Uh, you, people make that into a thing out of this game because the wide right for the Giants. It's the final play of the game, understandably, right? But in this one, it's like that wasn't the re- That wasn't the to me, this, this game's not on Tyler Bass. It's not on Bass. Not on Bass. You can call this game the wide right game, but here's the reality, folks. Even if Tyler Bass splits that that field goal right down the wickets, they're losing that game. They're losing that game. There's a buck 45 on the clock, and Mahomes has got two timeouts. Ball game. A field goal there was as guy. It's funny. I I even said this to my dad before he made it. I said even if he makes this, it feels as good as
1: uh. It feels as a uh, a miss or a make here feels as the same as a miss. It just felt like it was either touchdown there or they're they're, they're going to lose the game. That's just what it felt like. So, will
0: we know? Will we ever know what would have happened if Bass made it? No. But what I think happens and what's making me feel a lot better about him missing that is that they're losing anyways. I don't see how with the way the chiefs offense was carving up the bills D and the
1: way that we've seen the Mahomes. Experience execute in the final minutes of the game that I don't I don't see how the Chiefs don't win that game. You're giving them about two minutes and two timeouts. I've seen them do it with 13 seconds.
0: So, and Bucker's making the kick. No question. So I think even if Bass makes it, they lose that game.
1: So that's why I don't put the blame on Tyler Bass for the loss because I just think they lose anyways. It would have been something else, however, if that game ended up going to overtime. Because it would have been the first overtime game in the playoffs since the Bills and the Chiefs last faced
0: off, meaning it would have been the first playoff game with the new playoff rules and wouldn't it have been ironic if it was the first game with the new rules featuring the two teams that wound up getting the rules changed in the first place but it wasn't meant to be in my opinion the game was lost on that second and third down and nine not the tyler bass kicked uh, missed kick But you know what? At the end of the day as well, it's a lot of coulda, shoulda, woulda's. Really, though, the the Chiefs were an eyelash away on both the ball and the knee
1: from going up by 10 and really winning that game earlier on. The Bills got blessed. It's funny, though. It felt like... It was one of
0: those moments where when they did get that fumble out of the goal line, didn't you feel like, man, it really is their year, man. Like they really do. They really do have some fate on their side this year that we never get. Like when would that ever happen to the chiefs fumble in the ball in that situation, out of the back of the opera, about uh, at the back of the end. Zone, like when
1: of the chiefs do that in that moment, they don't. So it made you feel like, man, you know, you really you really got something
0: different here. And nope. Still ends the way uh, it always
1: does. In heartbreaking fashion. In sickening, sickening, sickening fashion. BHN is saying, you got are fools. It was uh, it wasn't a home run ball from
0: Allen, it was wide open to Shakira. Oh, I agree with you. I'm not saying it wasn't. I'm not saying it wasn't at all. It it was the it was a a proper read. What I'm just saying is I I in that moment based on what the game was, based on the situation, I 100% prefer the throw to Diggs. Is all. It's not that it was the wrong throw at all. It's not that it wasn't the right read. And it's not that the chiefs D didn't do a hell of a job defending it. I agree with all of that based on the moment and the way the game was being played and what you knew you were going to have to do to not only score, but also keep the chiefs off the field from being able to score themselves. It felt like the Diggs throw was
1: 100% the right one based on their game plan. But If Shakira catches that, am I saying that? Probably not. you know, Well, of course
0: not, actually, but it just felt like it wasn't- it wasn't characteristic
1: on their based on their game plan of that night for that night, you know So, three and a half, and I wanna say
0: before we wrap up tonight. We'll do something else later on in this week. I don't know what, but we'll do something. Maybe we'll talk about the game just coming up weekend and I don't know. Find a way to move on. But I want to say it does feel like a lot of doom and gloom, right? It is another year gone by the wayside. It does feel like another wasted season. And like Alan said, in, the, you know, in other words, it's the nature of this business. There's only one team that goes home happy, and it's basically a failure if you if if you don't win the whole thing, right? I just want to say that there is a there is a part of me, and I don't usually like to find silver linings in these type of seasons because this was this was a failure of a season. It absolutely was the disappointing end of the season, no question. But I have to give credit where credits due. I thought that this team was dead in the water, not a chance in hell of any playoff berth, much less taking the Chiefs down to the wire in the divisional way back in um, in about week 13. I got to give these guys all the credit in the world for finding a way. I didn't think that they had it in them this year. I just did not think they had what it took to overcome what they ended up overcoming. Um, I know it doesn't mean a lot what they did because it didn't result in what everybody including myself is after and want and, and, and really need in order to validate this, this, this team
1: and Josh Allen's um, tenure here in Buffalo so far, but that truly was something
0: their ability to go from six and six to the two seed and winning the division and stealing it from Miami uh, three games back. That was pretty special. That was pretty special. I know we won't we, – every year we say we, we don't – like none of it matters and, and we won't remember any of it. That's typically true. I can't lie. There, I'm not going to forget anytime soon the Bills robbing the AFC East title from the, the Dolphins who had a three-game lead with five games left. That was one of the cooler things of the last couple of years to me. Not just so much because the Bills did it. It was because that they took it from the Dolphins. I just thought that was – beyond poetic and just insanely hilarious because it really felt like they had no ability to do it and they somehow did it. So I have to give them a ton of credit for that. It was really impressive and it gave us all the opportunity to even see what we saw last night. At the end of the day, it really does. All that doesn't matter. They still got there and they still would with being there. You're in the same situation last night as you were back in your 13 and three season. And you don't, you don't do it.
1: You don't overcome it. And that's really all that matters. And that's all that's going to be remembered. It sucks,
0: but I would have been remiss to not have said that there was that portion of the season. This year was a lot of fun to be a part of. It was a lot of fun to watch and it it was impressive and it was something and It said a lot about this team. And I think it said a lot about McDermott and it said a lot about this franchise's ability to overcome. Um, certainly.
1: But. It's amazing, no matter how good, how bad, overcome, domination, whatever, all the same end result, and I don't know where we go from here,
0: we'll have a whole off season to dive into that, and we'll have a whole off season to try and
1: figure out what's next, but I don't know what's next. The easy answer would be that what's next is the same thing because this is what it's been. That's the easy answer. What's going to happen in order for things to, to change? I don't know. I don't think it's fire Sean McDermott then it's going to change. I don't think that that's just, I don't know if that's the, uh, the end all be all answer, nor is it going to happen. So it's not even relevant. it just feels like it's going to be the same. The bills are going to bow out and the chiefs are going to be right there again. But that's the beauty of the off season. Given this time to put in the back, moving on to the forward. And
0: inevitably seeing if it ends up being different, because I guess it won't be different until it is different. Right. And maybe one of these times it just is different.
1: But chalk this year up to one of those on the long list of of seasons that weren't a total bummer. You know, it's just really hitting me right now that it's that it's over. The season's up. That that's always the biggest
0: bummer. It's obviously the uh, gut wrenching that they don't go and and do what they're capable of and eventually get one. You know, that's. Killing, but it it, always, to me, every year, the biggest bummer is just the realization that you can't watch them anymore. It's over. Doing this every week, right? And watching the Bills
1: every week, it's the best. The best. Now that's done, it sucks. That's always the biggest bummer. Tyler coming in. Only way is claim one seed and hope. See, that's a good point.
0: There's things the Bills haven't done. That there's a potential to do that could make things better, right? Like that, I was thinking about that last night. How big does that one seed look right now from the Bills' perspective? Okay, you know, you can't beat the Chiefs. So put yourself in a position where you don't even have to play them until you get to the AFC
1: championship, right? And the Lions beat the living hell out or the Ravens, beat the living hell out of the Texans. So maybe that's the answer. I don't know. But what I do know is I really appreciate the living hell out
0: of all you guys who tune into the smoke break each and every week this week. It was a fun year, a lot of ups and a lot of downs and we shared them all together. And it was a lot of fun riding the up of the roller coaster into the playoffs the last month and a half together. It was a blast. We really were able to, uh, To have some fun here towards the end. It didn't end the way we wanted it, but it never does. But the one thing that's great is that we all get to share it together. Win, lose, or or draw. Especially in the losing moments, we get to share those together. And these are always the best. I feel better now than I felt three and a half hours ago. I hope you did too. Um, And I really, really do appreciate everybody tuning in every week. Uh, it's the best having you guys and I really uh, enjoy doing this for you and, and and for me, really. I mean, I just enjoy it. I love it. I love it and I love you guys, man. It's a cool thing we got going here and it was a great year to be a part of it. It's a great year to be a part of uh, another growth-filled and, and fun year with my, with my fellas, Rico, Pierre, Rev, we really all appreciate you here at the BF, making it making it what it is, and we really uh, we really don't take for granted uh, having you guys come and hang out with us every week. It means the world, and uh, it's not coming to an end. Of course, you know we we got a going on all off season, but with the season coming to a close, I'd be crazy not to take at least a minute here and thank all you guys from the bottom of my heart for an, an another incredible year spent together. Um, truly it's it means a means a whole hell of a lot to me it really does it's the best you guys are awesome. I have a ton of fun every week here and I don't know Bill's football wouldn't be the same without it so hell of a lot of love to all you guys as always but no more so than right now reflecting on this past year um, thanks uh thanks again for sticking around every week stopping by celebrating and crying. And something in the middle was a wild year. We turn the page to 2024, start looking at the offseason, what has to be done. We'll start looking at the draft and we'll look forward at the championship and Super Bowl games as well, because somebody's got to win it. Even if it's not the Bills, somebody's got to win it. So I bet you to believe later on in the week, we'll take a look at the championship games and talk about what we can expect from those. And then it's Super Bowl time, and then it's off season again. Season went by quick, man. It always does. I'm going to miss it. All right, well, until something else this, uh, this coming week, keep it locked on my Twitter, at ZBotTweets. Keep it locked on the YouTube channel. And uh, subscribe and get the notifications so you see when we go live again. But we'll do something later this week in regard to the championship weekend, so keep an eye out for that. But on your way out, hit the like button, subscribe button if you could, and take advantage. That 125% sign-up bonus via BetUS in the link in the description below. Also, make sure to hop into that giveaway for the Super Bowl tickets. $25 wager. Screenshot it. Tweet it. Follow all the uh, directions in the graphic displayed earlier on in the show. And you will be entered to win. All right, folks. See you later on in the week. But until then. Enjoy the rest of your week. Try your best to move on as much as you can. And as always, folks, go Bill.